We are hosting today's broadcast from the lands of the Karingai people. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Premiership wrapped up, but the big prize is still to come. Well, Timmy Zalesniak has his pants pulled down, and the Cowboys have another one. They're lining up on the left side here. Moses, the kick, not again. Brown, oh my goodness. Oh yes, Moses Brown. What a combination. Dennis and Moylan and Hines with a great ball. Ikefalo right over his chest and pace. Nico Hines, what a buy he is. Barrels for Lodge. Matt Lodge scores. It's 70 for the Roosters. It is a cricket score. And now, overnight scores, expert comment and controversy on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Good morning, everyone. I'm Ray Thomas. Welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Right alongside me, Dean Bulldog. Richie, big three hours coming up. Dino, good morning. Are you pumped? Good morning, Ray. I am pumped. Good morning to everybody. A couple of really big scores in the rugby league over the weekend. Yeah, Yeah. Para, Cronulla, Roosters, Cowboys, Melbourne. It's only the fourth time ever, Ray. Five teams have scored 40 points or more in a single Mm. round. Is this good or bad? Have some just put their cue in the rack? I think the latter, yeah. And, And I think if you're a Tigers fan, ring us and tell us what you thought last night of... That Roosters 72, Tigers 6 on the open line, 1353, SMS 0419767272. Dino, I don't think you can say professional athletes give up, but mentally, you've got to say the Tigers switched off, didn't they? They, yeah, they, they weren't in the contest. It, it was embarrassing, right? There's no other way to say it. Mm. 72 points. Isn't acceptable at NRL level. Ray, it's the most by the Roosters since 1935 and the second highest. uh, Sorry, Ray, I think it might have been the most points ever by a team at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And that's over 1,100 games. James, Just humiliating for the was, Tigers. It certainly was. I felt sorry for Brett Kamali, who's in that caretaker role. Post-game, James Tamu, front of the press conference, and full credit to him because what he did at the end of the game was obviously sheer frustration. We had a crack at the ref and was sent off with a minute to go. The score at the time was 66-6. It wasn't making much difference, Dino. Um, look, he's passionate. He, he, his apology was heartfelt, uh, you know, and, and I think well done for him to fronting up. But that's just a no-go, isn't it, what he did last night? Yeah, he's a terrific bloke, James mm. Tamer. He really is, Ray. He's a pleasure to deal with as a journalist in the game. He was clearly frustrated. He got sent off for dissent, Ray. You know, mm. He'd look back right now, Ray, and he'd be incredibly embarrassed. And, and he, he admitted that. He, he admitted would that be in embarrassed. The, yeah, he said, I've got, I've got children. I don't want them to look at their father. And this, the next week, that image is going to be of me getting sent off. He said, I'm embarrassed by this. I'm embarrassed for my team. So full credit to him. Just for being the Roosters 72, the Tigers 6. It was extraordinary. Also extraordinary scenes um, at Manly last night. Cronulla hadn't won there for 14 years. 40 points to 6. I'll ask you in a sec, Dino. Had the Seagulls switched off for the season? Parramatta, 42, Bulldogs 6. They were terrific. On Friday night, the Cowboys 48 Warriors 4, they blew them away. The Storm, 60. 
against Brisbane 12. That was a huge scoreline. The Storm running right. Back on Thursday night, though, Dino, we had an epic. Penrith 26, South 22 in a game that ebbed and flowed. Could have gone either way. If you're a South Sydney supporter, you probably think your team threw it away. If you're a Penrith supporter... They did a great job without some of their superstars. I thought that was going to set the tone for the weekend. It was such an epic contest back on Thursday night, Dino. Yeah, it was an absolute ripper. I thought South, when Alex Johnson scored with about seven or eight to Mm. go, Ray, I thought they could have iced the game. They'd be bitterly disappointed that that one slipped through their fingers, South Sydney. But what about the Panthers, Ray? Uh, No Fisher-Harris, no Cleary, no Luai, Mm. and they still... They still get the job done. What an incredible franchise they are. Yep, clinched the minor premiership. Dino, can I ask you, we we were speaking about the incident with Mitchell Moses receiving death threats earlier in the year, and we thought how ridiculous that was. Young Jackson Paulo didn't have the best of games for South on Thursday night. But for that young kid to receive death threats, this is just a game of football. I know it's important. I know people spend their week looking forward to their team playing, but it's a game of football. It's not life and death, Dino. Yeah, I felt sorry for young Paulo, Raid. No doubt Souths are gathering around him right now. Yeah, look, he had an off night. He mm. dropped some passes. We all do. No one's perfect. Yeah, it's a game of football. Souths very quickly came out. Blake Solly saying it is outrageous. And I noticed yesterday Jason Demetrio, their coach, mm. took to Twitter, describing it as disgraceful. I don't understand technology, Ray. I'm hopeless. But let's hope that somehow, some way, this person can be tracked down through online technology. It's more than one, isn't it, I think? I think it was two or three. Yeah. And they can be dealt with seriously. Seriously. You know what, Ray? Look, I don't know what law technically they have broken, but... Moral and ethical law, Dino. That's what I'm saying. Human decency. Absolutely, human decency. Mm. But let's hope that action is taken because this can't go on. Kids... 22 years old mm. do not deserve to be told no. they are going to be killed. No, it is a horrendous Honestly. act. And I hope that the filthy grub that did it, or grubs, mm. get caught, locked up, and throw away the key for a year. Well, well said. Dino, what about the blowouts? We've had, since the Penrith South game, we've had effectively five blowouts, haven't we? Um, firstly, Manly Cronulla last night. Um, We've mentioned other times what the difference that Nico Hines has made to that football team, but also Craig Fitzgibbon. They are so well coached, the Sharks. Are they legitimate title threats? Gee, Ray, I keep saying no in terms of that's not underestimating what they have achieved, mm. but I still think they're, a you know what, below the top sides, but they keep they're under winning the radar, every they? week. They're under the radar. They are professional, yeah. they're thorough, they're first class. And momentum is gathering. Mm. As for Manly Ray, cue in the rack. Their season is done, dusted, and I can't help but bring it up again. I know people are sick of hearing about it, Mm. and I'm sick of bringing it up. Mm. But they haven't recovered from the Pride jersey fiasco. Yeah, really good point. A bit like the Dragons last year in Barbecue Barbecue Gate. It's just ruined their season. Manly do have a lot of injuries, to be fair, Ray. 13 players out to the Dreboivich brothers, Mm. Ruben Garrick. Uh, a Kepi, Saab, Lawton, Paseca. It goes on. But for their last home game at Brookie and yeah. Kieran Foran's last game Kieran at Brookie. Kieran Foran. What, just a quick word on Kieran Foran. Yeah. Lovely bloke. Great player. Great Deserved competitor. better last Great night. Yeah. Has been terrific the last two years since he's returned to play under Dares. And it mm. was a shame for Fozzie's 
sake last night. But you know what? He's got another two years to go up the Titans. And uh, it's not a bad place to go and live for the last <laughs> few years of your career, right? Your thoughts on the Cowboys and the Storm, both emphatic winners on Friday night. And where does it leave the Broncos now? I've said for a couple of weeks now, Ray, I think they're pretenders. But I don't want that to be misconstrued. Just young kids. They're still a young team. They yeah. won seven games last year mm. from 24. They've won 13 this year. Kevin Walters, done a great job. Yeah. Kevin Walters has doubled the amount of victories that they've had. He's done an extraordinary job. Mm. And I think he should be a contender for Coach of the Year. But if we're talking premierships, you can red felt pen them. They yeah. cannot win it. Mm. They cannot win it. Melbourne, terrific again. Cowboys, terrific again. And you know what, Ray? The elite sides take that step forward. They take that step up in late August, and that's what the good sides are doing right now. Exactly. Uh, two games to complete this weekend's round. The Dragons-Titans at 2pm has no, no rule, has no impact on the top eight. The 4.05pm game up at Newcastle, Knights versus Raiders. It's quite simple for the Raiders. They must keep winning. Yeah, they certainly do, Ray. It's a log jam there, isn't it? And I still think that a side from outside the top four can create history this year. Okay. I yeah. genuinely believe this will be one of the greatest semi-final series we have seen. I think Penrith are a notch above everybody, but then the cluster underneath them is logjam full of wonderful football teams. Well, this is the eight at the moment. Panthers on top, they're the minor premiers. Cowboys and Sharks are um, equal on 34 points in the Storm is on 32, then the Eels on 30, the Roosters, Rabbits and the Broncos all on 28. Now, we were actually talking about this very thing last night, Tanya and I, that I can't remember an eight that was so deep in talent. That goes to your point that I know you've put a red line probably almost through the Broncos, but they've had an excellent season. We've got eight quality football teams at the moment in the eight. The Raiders are still an outside chance of getting there, but to your point, they're... It probably hasn't been such a deep eight. Does that make sense to anyone I'm trying to say? Well, generally, Ray, you've got the top four that are elite and then teams six, seven and eight sometimes just numbers. fall in. Yeah. Mm. They fall in and they go straight out. But every one of those sides that you've just mentioned can do damage. Mm. It's all about momentum now, Ray. It's all about confidence and it's all about staying injury-free. And if any of those sides between five, six, seven and eight can stay away from injuries, get a bit of luck too, 50-50 calls mm. go your way, they can go deep, and I mean deep. Roosters, Rabbitohs. I know you tipped the Roosters at the start of the season. They're going to have to do it almost certainly from that bottom half of the eight. But, and I know last night's probably not an indication, but they've been building for some weeks now. And the best thing last night for the Roosters was Luke Keery. He had his best game for ages. He was brilliant. Yeah, he was brilliant last night, wasn't he, Ray? I thought, as you said, that was his best game for a long time. I thought Angus Crichton was good. Nat Butcher... Four tries, Tedesco, Manu, Sam Walker, big guns are firing. and mm. yeah, It's an old cliche, but here come the Roosters, yep. and they are looking ominous. They certainly are. If you're playing semis, Ray, you don't want to play the Chooks. <laughs> exactly. Well, you don't want to play South either, do you? Correct. Bottom half. Even Parramatta. Mitchell Moses back. Different side yesterday. Brilliant. On their day, Parramatta have beaten Penrith twice in Melbourne. They're a legitimate title threat. But again, it just goes to your point, you know, this could be the year when one of those teams in the bottom half could win the premiership. Yeah, I can't trust Parramatta. If I was a betting <laughs> yeah. man, Ray, I couldn't trust them with my You my sound like a Parramatta supporter, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just Jekyll and Hyde, isn't it? But When they're good, they're very, very good. What does May West say? 60, yeah, 62-point <laughs> turnaround from last week. Yeah, no, nah, incredible. AFL Brisbane on Friday night got 
a real lesson from a surging defending Premier Melbourne, 115 to 57 up there in Brisbane. Yesterday, Fremantle 89 ended the Giants season 69. The Gold Coast spanked the hapless North Melbourne 114 to 47. Geelong, minor Premiers, Dino, their 13th win in succession, 131 versus West Coast, 46. Richmond thrashed Eston, 141 to 75. And Adelaide, won, uh, Port Adelaide won the showdown in Adelaide, 111 versus Adelaide, 55. Today's games, they know, huge. Hawthorne take on the Bulldogs. Collingwood versus Carlton. They're tipping 90,000 plus at the G. St Kilda versus Sydney. Now, all three games have huge ramifications for the finals. For the Bulldogs... Quite simply, they must win. If they win, Carlton really have to win against... If Carlton lose to Collingwood, Bulldogs could leapfrog them into the eight on percentage. For Sydney, they need to win and win well against St Kilda to get a top two spot. So all three games have huge ramifications for the finals. Can the Blue Boys do it? They've been in the eight all year. You've been in the eight all well, year, Ray. Hey, Ray, look, you know more about the AFL than I do, even though I, I take an interest in it. Where, where are the Swans? I mean, very clearly they are genuine. But I, I don't mean top four but can't win it. I mean top four and they can take the flag. They can, yeah. I think Geelong obviously are the best team. Um, they've won 13 straight Geelong. They're very professional. But the Swans, their pressure, what they showed against Collingwood last week, huge crowd, 45,000 at the SCG. It was a finals atmosphere. It was finals footy pressure. The Swans revel in that environment. Dino, and they ended Collingwood's winning streak and they were very, very good. They've got to do it again today against St Kilda in Melbourne. They should win. They should win well. They could potentially get a top two spot. Um, the Collingwood-Carlton game is as big a home and away game that I've seen for many, many, many years, Dino. So much riding on this for both clubs. Collingwood looking for a top four spot. Carlton looking to cling on to the eight. Dino, a really interesting incident happened, and I love your thoughts on this. It was in an AFL game um, between the, the Demons and the Lions in Brisbane. Well, the, the Demons, the defending Premier, certainly dished out a lesson to the young Brisbane Lions team. There was an incident at three-quarter time where Dane Zorko from the Demons had a massive go at Harrison Petty, a young defender of the Lions, and Effectively, no one knows exactly what was said, but for a sledge, it really cut to the core because Harrison Petty was reduced to tears in the huddle at three-quarter time. Word got to the Demons Club what had happened. To be fair to Dane Zorke, he went and apologised. But when does a sledge become too much? Apparently, what no one knows exactly what was said, but it was something to do with a family member who is suffering health issues. So... Sledging's part of sport, I know, but there's certain things I know go zones, aren't they, Dino? Oh, that's disgraceful, right? For a no. young kid to be reduced to tears on, on, on a football field. On a huge field, stage, on a huge stage. It's just terrible. Now, I don't know Dane Zorko, Ray, and I did note he came out and claimed that it was an inappropriate comment and that he apologised. But that is that good enough? Mm. Is an apology good enough to reduce a kid to tears about potentially a family member? I think he should be suspended. I think he should be charged under contrary conduct and said, mate, go and spend a week in the sidelines and think about what you do on the football field. Think about the ramifications and think about your actions. I don't think just coming out and saying, I'm sorry, in what looks to me like a statement prepared probably by the club's PR Mm. spin doctor is good enough. Dane Dane Zorko, go and have a look in the mirror. 
pull your head in and go and spend a week on the sidelines. It's pretty bad. Like sledging can be fun. Like there's that famous one about Viv Richards. You ever heard that one? When he played and missed the first couple of balls at an English county game, and I can't remember who the fast bowler was. He said, "Oh, you you couldn't play a piano or something." Next ball, <laughs> Viv launches on the front foot, puts it out of the ground for six, and he said. Uh, mate, the ball is red and round. Go and find it. <laughs> <laughs> Why you would want to sledge with Richards <laughs> That's mad, is beyond me. Hey, Wink Stakes yesterday. It was. First group one of the new season. Good crowd you yesterday. You little ripper. Too. Animo, yeah. what a star. He is a star. Good crowd yesterday, Dino. It felt like people were happy to be back at the races. The weather was good. The good horses bring people back to the track. And he's a gun. Look, Nate Strip's our best sprinter. I think this is our best racehorse. And by that, I mean... I don't know what his best distance is, Dino. We'll talk to James Cummings a little bit later, but he's so versatile. He can win a Group 1 weight for age sprint first up. He's heading towards a Cox Plate 2040 at the Valley. He could probably run 2,400 metres if he was trained for it. He is such an outstanding horse. You wrote too. James Cummins reduced to tears. Yeah, he was. It's incredible. I've never seen James emotional, and he even admitted he was surprised he was. I think there was a lot riding on this, Dino, because... He won a Group 1 as a two-year-old. He won two Group 1s last year, um, the Caulfield and the, and the Rose Hill Guineas. He's beautifully bred. He was a ready-made commercial stallion. And the way things go in the modern era, a top-class three-year-old colt with Group 1 wins and the breeding and confirmation goes straight to stud. But I think the Godolphin team said, look, we've got a racehorse here who could be even better at four. So the Godolphin team thought about it and they've kept this horse in training. So full credit to them. They took a gamble because if he doesn't come back and win and, and loses a lot of races, it takes a little value off his, his potential value as a stallion. But, so there's a lot riding on this and to win a group one first up at 1,400 metres justified that decision. Exciting for Australian racing because wherever he goes next, people will want to watch Animo. In secret, couldn't quite catch the gotcha. Yeah. Good names have got you, I think it was uh, double figures. Yeah, yeah uh, in the was, silver shadow, yeah, it was good value. Um, good name in it, Zugotcha. Good name for racehorse. Yeah, look, in secret could have capped off a tremendous day for Godolphin. They were going for their third stakes win in a row. She was held up in the straight, got out too late. Zugotcha was off and gone, but full marks to the winner. She won by a comfortable margin. In secret, flashing home for second. What it does, Dino, is set up a rematch in the Furious in a couple of weeks. So that'll be a really interesting contest. Ray, just. Uh, quickly, we should touch on the grand final during the week. Mm. The decision was made. Peter Volandis managed to get some serious coin out of the New South Wales government. And I did Only note, one Ray, year, though. One year. Mm. And then he's, Peter is saying that it could become an NFL-style bidding process where cities around Australia and or New Zealand could bid for the grand final. And I love that. Do you? Okay. I don't think Sydney's got this God-given right. And if a a, a, a city like Perth or Adelaide want to throw 10 million bucks at rugby league, which can be distributed around the country areas and junior rugby league. I'm all for it. The traditionalists will blow up, but I don't really mind it going elsewhere. Yeah, I don't know. There's no, 8 million people fashion. in New South Wales, Ray. <laughs> I know. 80,000 can go to a core. That's one in a hundred. The rest of us watch it on television. Mm. So they don't care whether it's played at Brisbane, Perth, Sydney or Timbuktu. If you're watching it on it's television, debate, yeah, I see Trent Robinson came out and said he was in support of um, an NFL-style uh, Super Bowl thing where it could go around to around the country or to the highest bidder. Go so to New Zealand. Go to it's Wellington. Really interesting, yeah. And if they want to chuck in ten million, Ray, mm. 
we changing can't, times. We can't yet. scoff at that kind of coin. Yeah, I suppose we can't live in the past. It's it's changing times. Hey, Dino, one quick one. Um, Callan Ponga, that issue, which I know you're at the front and centre of, um, reporting for the Daily Telegraph. He retains the captaincy. Line in the sand moment for Newcastle. The Knights fans would love to see them um, win today in their final home game. Uh, good luck to my sister and her husband and the kids. They're going out to watch the Knights this afternoon. And they've also got the um, NRLW game after the, after the, the main game. game as well. The Ponga situation. Is it done and dusted now? Line, line, line in the sand moment, so to speak? Yeah, I think so. Look, you know, Kalen's got to realise that he's a superstar in Newcastle. He can't be doing those things, Ray. What happened in that cubicle, we'll never know. Uh, there's a part of me that doesn't want to know, to be honest with you. Uh, it's been dealt with. I think taking the captaincy off him would have been harsh, although Buzz Rothfield pushed yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, to say that should happen. We'll ask Buzz about that uh, later on in the show. Uh, Kurt Mann and Ponga have been forced to provide samples to the NRL under the illicit testing policy. Uh, look, it's time to move on, Ray, but I just hope that Kalen knows his responsibilities pulls his head in and starts acting like a professional mm. on the field, as he always does, and most importantly, off the field as well. Yeah, very well said. Uh, Dino, a number of people having their say on this Sorco incident. Um, no name to this one, boys. He's a captain in the Melbourne. It was disgraceful. Um, this is from Marg. Morning. Some people find it very easy to say sorry. The mark of a good person is not making remark statements that require a sorry. That's from Mark. That's true too, but I think everyone makes mistakes sometimes in life. And at least James Tamo last night fronted the, the press conference, Dino, put the pads on, put his hand up, wasn't making any excuses. He took ownership of what he did, which I thought was really good. Sorry, well, what, what that bloke said, Ray Zorko, mm. it must have been horrendous. Yeah. It must have been horrendous to reduce a young kid to tears. Oh, and there's a line in the sand here. Mm. I don't think the AFL can just gloss over this. I really don't, Ray. And I'm a bit old school. You know that. Mm. And what goes in the field stays in the field. But I think there are times, if you've made those comments, you have to be punished. And a simple apology doesn't cut the mustard. No, not, it doesn't yeah. pass the pub test for me. It's a good point. I'm not sure where the AFL is at with that. I might try and find out. They've got microphones everywhere. Yeah. If they want to find out, Ray, they'll find out. Yeah, true. Or they'll bury their head in the sand and pretend it never happens. Yeah. Let's hope it's not the latter. Good point. Again, just back to the Roosters-Tigers game, 72-6. I love my sport, but there were times there last night when I thought, oh, this isn't a contest here. What do you do? Yeah, I felt a bit sorry for the Tigers. Yeah, I know. To yeah. some degree, Ray. And it's actually a bit of a train wreck. You sort of, I kept flicking the channel, going back to it to see what the score was. But it got me thinking, what do you do when sports are no contest? Uh, hang on. When you start saying, it got me thinking, <laughs> you're going to say, time. talk topic. Yeah. Well, it got me thinking, what do you do when sports are no contest? Do you go to another TV show and watch something else? Do you go out and mow the lawn? You couldn't do it last <laughs> night because it was dark. But what, what do you do? Excellent you know? talk topic. Okay. So the question is, what do you do? If it's a blowout yeah. and you're losing interest. Correct. Do you know what I did last night? No. I hit the Fox button once mm. and it went from 502 to 501 and it was the 1999 famous World Cup semi final, Australia, South Africa. It was a Mark Warren, Adam Gilchrist sitting 100%. in a. We watched it too. I, I couldn't help myself. Same thing. I just, I wanted to go back to the rugby league because I knew that people would ring in this morning yeah. and ask questions, but. It still gives me tingles exactly, just yeah. watching it. We were watching the darts for a while too. <laughs> Simon the Wizard Whitlock got knocked out, but that, that was great. The darts is fantastic. So it could be anything though. Yeah. Barbecue, go for a walk, have a beer.
whatever you want to do. Let us know your thoughts. When sports are no contest, sadly. What do you like do? Last night's game, what do you do? Call us on 135353. SMS 0419762722. Keep them clean. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. The Putters Panel. I've logged on one here just because I want to be on it whenever it runs in the screen. I think Shawfly is going to progress through to being a really nice horse. I'm not sure where it ends up. Fascinated that he's gone back to the 1,400 metres and put J-Mac on. I just think that's an indication of how well the horse is going at home. And a Shawfly the star back with a bang. First up, ran down titanium power. The Putters Panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. Experience the thrill of racing on Tab Everest Day at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country, races back and gives you the chance to win a share in $2 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the Tab app. The Kosciuszko. Tickets on sale now. Entry open to New South Wales residents only. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. Racing New South Wales authorised under New South Wales permit number GOCSC 1051. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. People often ask me, how did a footballer go from sticking his head into a scrum to making pies? Well, it goes back to when we were just so sick of getting pies that all it was was pastry and no meat. So I teamed up with my brother Nathan and we created a pie which is deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin and filling which is just bursting with flour. You can find us in Coles and Woolworths, but only in the chilled meals section. If you can't see us, grab the manager and say, where are the Garlow's pies? Because the Garlow's pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. If you've been in a car accident and it's not your fault, you've got rights. I didn't know that. Yes, you have a legal right to a car similar to the one you were driving. Just call Right to Drive right where you are. They'll arrange an accident loan car to be delivered to your door. It'll keep you on the road until your car's ready to be picked up from the repairers. And it's at no cost to you. I didn't know that either. So if you've had an accident with another car that's not your fault, remember righttodrive.com.au. Conditions apply. Believer held together from Esther La Rocca. Bella Nipatina two lengths off those. Extremely lucky to the outside. Believer of the 150 in front of Bella Nipatina. And extremely lucky is flashing down the outside. Believer joined by Bella Nipatina. Bella Nipatina goes home better, well supported and won. Bella Nipatina from Believer, extremely lucky, then Rock and Horse. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show. That was Bella Nipatina, Dino, winning the car line at Mooney Valley yesterday. Terrific days racing at Randwick. It was the first Group 1 meeting of the new season, Dino. Does first Group 1 mean that the party pies were back out again? Yeah, they were, yeah. And did you attack them? I, had, I did try one, but they were, they were the little small, little chicken flavour. Not my go. <laughs> You're of, a meat man, aren't you? No, I don't. You're a gallows pie man. Actually, you know what? When I... I get a pie because they always smell good. They never taste as good as they smell. <laughs> so I don't give a finished one. What but else do they throw on? They do. They do give you some nice sandwiches. So oh, okay. Yeah, so, and there's a new um, uh, coffee machine there. I'm not the sharpest tool in this shed. You know, I cannot drive it. I you, got, you need the old kettle, don't you? <laughs> I'm hopeless. <laughs> but uh, we did see some really good racing yesterday. Dana, we'll start off with the show County Quality. His name is Showmanship. Boy, this was a win. 
special award making hard work of it. Up the rise now, Prime Candidate gets the upper hand from Band of Perth. Three off to chat. Showmanship five lengths away. McDonald's starting to get busy on the seven year old and he's starting to let down now. It's Prime Candidate three lengths clear from Showmanship is honing in. Prime Candidate a half in front. Showmanship levels up, went home best. Showmanship ran down Prime Candidate. Rocketing by home into third than Band of some win for a horse, Dino, who's had only one race start before yesterday in two years. He's had suspensory problems, and but, gee, he's got a terrific record. Likely to go back to Melbourne, but he's certainly, for punters listening, a horse worth following because he's a real talent. On to the Premier's Cup. Bjorn Baker's had this horse up a long time, Arapahoe. He's in fantastic form, career best yesterday. Yee Yee getting to the outside with the Rappahoe. It's Grove Ferry up the rise. Two lengths clear from Two Master Bear and Lourdes Moore. Down the outside, Arapahoe from Yee Yee. And further back to Francesco Guardi. Grove Ferry is just the leader. Arapahoe the outside and Lourdes Moore is digging through the middle. Going on with the job, Arapahoe. Francesco Guardi late. It's Arapahoe from Francesco Guardi. And Arapahoe won the Premier's Cup. Arapahoe from Francesco Guardi and Lourdes Moore between them third. A yeah, tough win for horse who's been up since early April and potentially could get to the Metropolitan on October to Francesco Gardi, very good running second to Arapahoe. On to the toy show quality, Zapateo back in a big way. Zapatea travelling up well and then came Volpine from Fatus and a gap back to Jamea Bellucci babe not going well, it's Sky Command getting to the lead but Zapatea chiming in now from Smirnova Boomnova got uh, cut out there but Zapatea takes control of the race now inside the 100 and Zapatea drawing clear for a dominant victory. Second goes to maybe Jamea White out from Sky Command there the yeah, she was very good, Zapateo. Dominated that race. Jamia's run excellent running second. Uh, both those mares in for good campaigns. Talking about a horse in for a good campaign. Here he is. Is this the next superstar of Australian racing? Animo. Swings in front narrowly from Forbidden Love. McDonald's got no alternative but to go back to the inside and Animo and Profondo strides up with a big run on the outside. It's on now. Animo moved up on the inside to join Profondo and they're broken clear. It's Animo in front from Profondo. Fangirl late on the scene but Animo's drawn clear and there's another group one success. Animo won the wing stakes by two lengths. Fangirl second, Profondo third. Outstanding win, Dino. James McDonald had to go back to the inside where it was sort of thought you didn't want to be yesterday, but it didn't matter to Animo. He is just a racehorse. Some super runs behind him, though, to be fair. Fangirl flashing home out wide, got second placing, a terrific return by her. Profundo was three wide without cover throughout, so his close third, an excellent return. Halau and Hinged certainly ran um, very good races there. Benno's comeback run, the Derby runner-up, flashing home along the fence to run sixth was an eye-catcher. And Stockman ran second last year in the Stayer, but beaten less than four lengths and had the fastest closing section of the race. So good runs right across the board in the Wink Stakes. None better, though, than Animo. On to the Silver Shadow Stakes. Great clash this. Sue Gotcha defeats in secret. Into the straight, Queen of the Ball and North Star Lass from Snitcat. Zoo got to the inside from Mumbai Jewel. Uh, coming into it well as Walinga Beast if it gets a run. In secret, driving for the same run but didn't get it. Walinga Beast a length off them. Zoo got to the inside from North Star Lass. Now in secrets, working into the clear, but Zoo Gotcha's drawn clear. And Zoo Gotcha goes on to beat the luckless in secret. North Star Lass third, followed by Queen of the Ball. 
Yeah, she got the break, Sue Kotcher, in secret, didn't. But um, I think both fillies certainly worth following. They'll re have a return clash in the Furious Stakes. Dino, plenty of people want to have their say. Shane's on the line. Shane, good morning. G'day, Ray. G'day, Bulldog. How are you, boys? Terrific, mate. What do you got for Shane? Um, look, I think it's a foregone conclusion that um, Munster will head to the Dolphins. Um, six million over four years. He can't knock that back. That's generational money. I was concerned what the storm would do at five eight, but now you can see the answer. Nick Meaney played well, didn't just he? slotted yeah. at five eight. Yeah. Pappenhausen moves back to fullback. No dramas. And just on moving the grand final, it has to happen. We've got to go all over the country, spread the game. We can have one in Perth next year or the year after with the introduction of the Perth Bears. You know what I'd love to see, Shane, and it probably won't happen because there'll be. Issues with you know, TV and and, uh, and and grounds, et cetera. But I would love to see the day when the MCG is full, 100,000 for Rugby League Grand Final. I think that would be the day Rugby League truly goes national. Mm. You, you're, you're in favour this, yeah. And you don't, you don't mind that, Shane? I know you're from Mount Druid, I think. You're a Sydney boy. You don't mind if the, the GF goes around the country? Ray, we've got to think outside the square. It's it's a one big advantage we've got over the AFL. Let's spread it around the country. We need the 18th team. It has to be the Perth Bears because we have to have that 9.30 time slot on a Saturday night so we can have four games on a Super Saturday. Everything just adds up that way. Volandis is a man to think ahead, and he's got to do it. I mean, he's done it with the Dolphins, which will be a huge success. He brings in the Perth Bears. Every time they come back east, the Bears will have a massive following yeah. and they'll build one up over there. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Shane, it's really good, really good suggestion. A lot of people will agree. There'll be plenty of disagree, but I, I can't um, fault your logic there. A lot of um, merit to that. Des is on the line. Do you know Des? Good morning. Oh, good morning, Ray. It's a great time of year with the racing and the footy. It is, footy isn't it? Yeah. 20 metres away from Bulldog for your own safety. Bulldog, <laughs> you've got to distemper again, mate. What's happened? <laughs> What's happened, mate? We, we're not going to move the Rugby League Grand Final. It's in Sydney. It's, it could, do you think they'll ever move the AFL except for COVID from Melbourne? Do I think they will? I don't really know, nor do I care about the AFL. They won't. But, Des, I'm just saying we've got to think outside the square. We can't just think everything's about Sydney. We're trying to grow a, 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 a national brand and competition oh. here. And I think if we can take a great game away and pick up 10 million bucks for doing it, no. I think it's a no-brainer. No, I disagree, Bulldog. You said, you know, you're old school. Well, old school is to play the grand final in Sydney. And also... But what gives Sydney the right every year to have it, Des? I mean, why? No, what? It's, our, it's our heartbeat. It's, it's, I just said to you... But when was the last time you got to a grand final? There's only 80,000 seats. It's not like we all get to go. But it's also about the, the, the week, the grand final week. Everyone gets involved. You might not necessarily get a chance to go to the game, but you can get involved in that... You can. ...in that... Grand final euphoria in the days leading up to the Sunday. You can. It's all right, Bulldog. But Bulldog, also, um, I, I, Shane, I listen to him a lot. He's a terrific, passionate bloke. He he follows Melbourne. Of course, I don't blame him. He's a Bears supporter. And he got really upset when Bears got put out of the comp. And I'm with him 100%. I wish the Bears were back in. Mm. But I don't think the answer is the Perth Bears. But even if it is, it doesn't mean they've got to take grand finals over there. It's, it's an interesting debate. 50-50. Michael's just text in, howdy boys, the grand final can't move. It's traditional. Imagine Penrith versus Parramatta in Perth. Jeez, come on. That's from Michael. He loves the Panthers, though. So that, that's what you're going to get, Dean. A of lot course of people... you are. It's going to be a debate about yeah. the whole thing. But you know, not every year 
you have home teams. The greatest grand final we've seen in the last 20 years, Ray, was Brisbane versus North Queensland in Sydney. Mm, so, it was, yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. It doesn't have to be home sides in 15. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the home sides of that city to make it a great game. Yeah. We'll, go, we'll go to a quick break. Joe the Botany Battler said, hey, guys, why'd you make a fangirls run Doncaster next? Probably not the Doncaster. That's in the autumn, Joe, but certainly on the Epsom path and uh, terrific comeback run from fangirl, Joe. And Peaky Pete texts in, right? Mm-hmm. I do like this one. This is on the talk topic? Our talk topic. What do you do when sport becomes boring. Mm. G'day, boys. Be careful. <laughs> tap the bride on the shoulder and suggest we have an early night. I know the answer with her look. We'll go to a break. <laughs> Luke Price. Dad put me on three horses at Goulburn. He was only a young horse that we'd you know, been setting up and we thought you know, he, he was a genuine chance. And I got beat riding on the last two strides. They nutted me. His name was Bo City. I'll never forget my head went up. He had two strides to go when the other horse went past me. And I thought to myself, I'll never do that one again. Keep the head down riding. The horse coming up ten days later. Same track, same trip, and he got the result. Monday, 11am Monday on Racing HQ. Mum, if I walked into kitchens and laundries all around Australia, what would I see? Someone calling the police. <laughs> no, Mum, hypothetically. Oh, Westinghouse. Yes, because Australians have trusted Westinghouse appliances for over 60 years. They are so reliable. And right now you'll save up to $300 on selected Westinghouse kitchen and laundry appliances at Bingley. It's only for a short time. Save up to $300 on Westinghouse at Bingley. And I won't let Lano go into your kitchen. Bingley, better living every day. Experience the thrill of racing on Tab Everest Day at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country, races back and gives you the chance to win a share in $2 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the Tab app. The Kosciuszko. Tickets on sale now. Entry open to New South Wales residents only. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. Racing New South Wales authorised under New South Wales permit number GOCSC 1051. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers at 1800 858 858. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. It's Animo in front from Profondo. Fangirl late on the scene, but Animo's drawn clear, and there's another Group 1 success. Animo won the wing stakes by two lengths. Fangirl second, Profondo third. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show. Animo outstanding in the wing stakes. Let's see how he has pulled up following yesterday's win. Trainer James Cummings is on the line. James, good morning. Good morning, Ray. How are you? Terrific, and more importantly, how's Animo, James? Ah, oh, he's uh, he's he caught that run pretty well, Ray, and uh, no, no surprise immediately after the race, he said he had a really good grounding for the run, and uh, and the, the the style in which he did it, he sort of he sort of always gave you that impression that he was in control of that race, and he when he marched, from the moment he marched into the enclosure, he, he really. Uh, he was really ready to say, you know, welcome back to Wait for Age, and uh, and, and establish himself as, as yet again one of the 
horses to beat in any of these major races that he's contesting. Yeah, no, he's such an exciting horse for a four-year-old. He knows he's a bull, he's got a presence about him, but, gee, he wants to race James. And even when James McDonald went back to the inside, which is probably where you didn't necessarily want to be yesterday, Animo just attacked um, that gap and just wanted to go through and win the race. Yeah, she's uh, he he did. He's he's got the uh, you know he's got that he's got more than just the X factor. He's really got the great that mentality now. It's that's uh, going hand in hand with his success. And uh, we you know it was a great effort from the team, everyone around the horse. You know his work riders, uh, his, his barn foreman um, Paul Reed, my assistant at Osborne Park, to really ensure that the horse was um, quite level, um, quite sensible, mm. and. Uh, and and and, a, and we you know took a very measured approach to have him arrive first up, you know with obvious improvement. You could see that he wasn't entirely wound up, but um, you know and add to the fact that he's going to race as a heavier horse now that he's he's a returning four year old and he's grown a bit in his break. Um, but but yet he sort of he really had his head in the game yesterday afternoon. Mm. And, uh, look, he gets to the he gets to the track. He, he marches off that Goldener's float from Osborne Park and. When he gets to the when he gets to the uh, tie up stalls at Ramwick, he might announce that he's there. Let every know, let everyone know that Animo's there. But uh, some of the girls from Sky were running back to Ronnie Duffus here in the studio. Animo's off his head, Ronnie. <laughs> and Ronnie said to me, what, 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 "What's going on with this horse, Jay? What's going on with this horse? They're all telling me he's off his head back there." I said, "It's all right. Don't worry. You wait and see you till you see. Wait, wait, wait till you see him in the enclosure." And, he said himself. He said, "No, he's he's all right." And you know, James was James was right. He's fine that horse, and uh, he cantered to the barriers like mm-hmm. a like he like he meant business. And uh, and he was, you know, he nearly had his he nearly had his head on the ground. He was that relaxed for James to on getting to the barriers, and uh, yeah. and it unfolded perfectly as mm-hmm. the, as you as you relate you know referred to that the inside was su- was suicide there uh, at Ramwick yesterday, and uh, when he had to dart, dart back to the fence near the inside. With horses like uh, Fangirl and Profonda, they were able to get out wide, higher on the track. That um, the game was on, wasn't it? Mm, but so, uh, mm. but he was he was too strong weight. He asserted his dominance, and what a wonderful beginning for his preparation. Um, and uh, and it's made us all made us all very very pleased. And, uh, and and takes a little bit of the takes just a little bit of that intense pressure off, given that. It is a big, it is a big decision for the farm to have not just put him straight to stud as a, as the champion that he is, um, having already produced the race record that he's got and the and the, the you know the, the commerce that was available to the farm by just putting him straight to stud and, and he sort of he joins a list of horses that we that we've sort of bravely gone on with yeah. and uh, and we've been rewarded by like you know, horses like Impending, um, you know horses like Bivouac. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a uh, it's really important that when they come back, they, they do do it for good reason. And I, I think you could now imagine why it was that we were um, we were so bullish in making that decision. Uh, James, what's Animo's best race distance? Oh well, look, he's the best. One of the best things about Animo's, um, um, uh, you know, the arsenal. One of the best things about all the arsenal in his bag is he's got this diversity. You know, like I, this horse is this horse has won a Mersing Cooper pre-Christmas so for five furlongs, and and he's won a Rosal Guineas by six and a half lengths and just got touched off by an Irish Invader in the Cox Plate. You know, so he's uh, he's got he's a wonderful diversity. I think he's I think he's um, 
when he's absolutely deep into his campaign, he's able to go to these hot, these great levels. Whether I whether I'm setting him for a golden slipper or a or a cox plate, so that, that that's the that's the beauty of Anima. And uh, look, he 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 uh, he's just he should just improve off yesterday. But that was the first time I've ever raced the horse first up over seven furlongs, and the and the and the way that he just found that such a pleasure to 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 um, to compete in, uh, you know, it, it does make you it does make you feel that this is the you know this is the right this is the right progression for him, uh, but uh, but we've got plenty of options and they're all on the table, and we'll enjoy sifting through them and deciding which direction to take. Yeah, no, it's such an exciting horse. So no decision yet as to his next start. But what about it in secret in Zapateo yesterday? Zapateo brilliant in her return. In secret second was I know you'd prefer to win, but a, a super comeback run by her as well, James. Yeah, great comeback from in secret who. Who came out of uh, different form lines to, you know, the the queen of the ball, seven fails, Mumbai Jewel type fillies. You know, she wasn't coming through the traditional two-year-old fillies group races from the autumn. She emerged late on the scene as a two-year-old. She established herself already as a stakes class filly by winning at Scone. But then you really want to see, although the although she was so well regarded coming into the race, you just really still wanted to see that form converted and mm. I mean we would we'd been delighted with the way she'd been preparing for the race. There's obvious improvement in that filly. You would have seen she was a little long in the coat. She's still got some maturing to do of course and uh, there's uh, there, there looks to be plenty of upside to her but uh but she was although a touch unlucky she had a good returning run. Um, you know, a bit of jostling in that race and often that's a concert in a fourteen horse field is more than half a dozen of those fillies were pulling hard and they were jostling for position, preferring to avoid the rail. And, uh, you know, and that's, and that's, sort of, that's sort of what you get in a circumstances like that, which is a shame, but um, the winning filly just took that run up the inside and uh, and was and was holding slate. But I think in secret's run was excellent and she's she's only going to improve from that and hopefully, hopefully in a couple of weeks' time, even when it gets a bit harder, and she meets some resuming fillies like she's extreme, like she's extreme, who trial well during the week. That she's uh, that she that in secrets improved adequately enough to take them on at set weights. Yeah, exactly. Well, yesterday James sort of whetted the appetite, hasn't it, for the spring ahead? So much to look forward to. A little bit of the pressures off. You've got that Group One already in the bag with Animo, and it's going to be exciting to see his progression through the spring. James, congratulations! Mm. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday morning. You can. Put the feet up and enjoy a, a great moment for the stable yesterday. Yeah, th- yeah, thanks, Ray. Thanks for having me on. And, and am I going to see you on Tuesday morning, Ray? We'll be there bright and early, six o'clock. Beauty. Okay. We're taking him out there, Dino. We're going to show him the horse equ- equine paradise. It is outstanding out there, Dino. It's on the foothills <laughs> of the mountains. Will you throw a breakfast on, James? He's, Ray doesn't mind a you know, bacon egg roll or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll look after him somehow. I don't right. worry. But, um, <laughs> but I think the, uh, the real feast will be the... The real feast will be the the, the horses in the, mm. in their in full flight. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully things are going well Tuesday morning. And hopefully uh, that that forecast rain stays away, Ray. But otherwise, bring your gumboots, will you? That's done. Uh, looking forward to it, James. I love going out there. I try and get there a couple of times a year, James, um, to yeah. see James. It's a great part of the world. Hey, James, thanks for joining us this morning. Congratulations on Animo's win. And uh, gee, it's exciting times coming up.
All right. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. There's James Cummings, uh, trainer of Animo, Zapateo, and Insugan, amongst others. He's got a big spring coming up. Richie Callender joins us. Uh, Rich, good morning. And, uh, gee, it's just good to see the good horses back at Randwick yesterday. A bit more of a crowd was back, and you had that sense of anticipation again that Group 1 Racing was back for the spring. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Bulldog. Yeah, look, uh, it's always exciting when we get to the first group one of the spring carnival, and it was exciting, wasn't it? There's mm. no doubt about that. Um, the Wink Stakes and Animo was terrific. Um, fangirl, maybe I'm in the corner by myself, but you switch the barriers, you switch the result. She was great, um, wasn't she, Fangirl? I yeah. thought she was outstanding. Mm. Um, there's no doubt about that. Pavondo covered ground. Uh, look, he was dom- He was very good, Animo, but uh, I, just don't, I don't think you're going to get silly odds next time. I think a lot of people look at the race and think, you know what? There's a few other good runs in the race as well. Rich, what did you make of Animo's win? Yeah, look, I thought it was great, Bulldog. He did what he had to do. He got the right spot. And I, I did hear people saying he, he went up the, the wrong part of the track. Well, I think four of the ten winners come on that patch of grass, including Zagot. Zagot, gotcha. and a yeah. few others. Yeah. It was nowhere near the inside. It, um, it was uh, in the perfect spot. He got the suck run up, was able to sprint the last part of the race. And we know how quality is. And you don't win group ones at two, three, and four unless you, you know, pretty much special and that's what he did yesterday but there's a long spring to go and your point's well made Rich there's so many good runs behind Animo as well. Animo was the headline yesterday and rightly so but Fangirl was excellent flashing home out wide Profundo three wide face breeze all the way his run was excellent Halau and Hinged definitely pass marks I thought Benno sneaking up on the inside he's on a metropolitan path one of our listeners is texting is your Caulfield Cup horse Look, John's concentrating, John O'Shea concentrating on Metrop at the moment. His run was excellent. Even Stockman hit the line nicely, Rich. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I thought Benno was terrific. He showed that bit of brilliance when he went back to the inside, Benno. He's, uh, and he's on a different path to a lot of these others that are, you know, perhaps looking at the wait for age um, path. This horse is going to go towards a, a Group 1 Metropolitan. But, yeah, look, uh, I think John O'Shea would have walked away from yesterday pretty mm. pretty wrapped with that. And, of course, the horse in the last that did the did the punters plenty of favourites, Cesaro. What a ride. With a H. Bowman special. What a life. ride. <laughs> Gee, it's, if, you, if our listeners haven't had a chance to watch a replay, watch a replay of a... I know last week, Rich, he rode Frumos for luck. It didn't come off. Yesterday, he rode Pizarro for luck. It did come off. It, it was just brilliant to watch. It was, but that's... The, 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 and the way the race was panning out, I thought Zastro was probably a little bit disappointing. Larksburg got through like it was going to win by five and, mm. and then it got terrified when he saw the bloke with the camera. Um, but <laughs> I thought it was terrific. Um, Pizarro really attacked the line. Some horses, when you can cuddle up and they just go through gaps, that they really attack the line. Mm. Um, some horses like to be out in the clear. I think some horses like Pizarro, they, they do their best when they can be cuddled up. They find the gap late and then go bang. Yep. He was terrific. Hey, Rich, I've got to ask you about showmanship. I think this was an outstanding training effort by Danny O'Brien, a horse who's had one run in two years. He's had a serious suspensory ligament problem. Uh, he was resuming yesterday at 1,200 metres. He was well back even at the 250-metre mark. I spoke to Bob Peters afterwards. He was in Perth watching the race. He didn't think showmanship could win. In the end, he's won by almost a half-length drawing away. It was some return, Rich. Yeah, it was magnificent. Um, mm. There's no doubt about that. He was, he was terrific, and that was nearly for me nearly the ride of the day. Where it was at that stage, everyone was wondering to get off from the inside, and he needed to get away from the inside, James. And um, he, the best part was that last little bit when uh, he had to really knuckle down and win. 
look, there mightn't have been any star race, but to get a horse back after after so long, the way the pattern of the day was early and the inside of the track was most disappointing, um, that they, they bet, I think, $3.20 on tab, mm, yep. on tab fixed odds, which was, it seemed luxurious on a fair track. And then when you put James McDonald in, he makes it a fair track. Exactly. Just one final one, Rich. It, it was a big day. It was a group one day. The opener wasn't going to attract the headlines, but this is what racing's about. Tash Burley and a young Amy McLucas um, combining with Poker Jack to win the high, highway. These races give these trainers and young riders like Amy an opportunity on the big stage, and they took it yesterday. It was great scenes post-race. Well, that's the idea uh, mm. of the highway and, and the midway. It's, yep. uh, um, uh, some of the trainers aren't competitive in, you know, against the big boys, and that's understandable with their budgets, their training facilities and the like. But Tash does a super job. Goldwyn's a wonderful facility down mm. there, and Tash has got the horse flying. There's no doubt about it. And it was great to see Amy McLucas. Yep. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before, written in my column and race that, that she's been riding terrific for a couple of years. I remember one ride, it was a horse called Out of Hand. She rode it as good as G Moore in his heyday and, and it got the money. <laughs> and it was good to see it get the money yesterday. And when, you can see the last three or four strides and mm. that big smile it's comes fantastic. across her face. Yeah. <laughs> when you're watching the TV, you can't help but smile with her. It was um, it was exciting. Exactly. Don't forget, very elegant 11.50 tonight, Rich. Yeah, look, we're all cheering for her. Um, we're all cheering for her. Frankie de Tori. Uh, gets the ride on it. So, look, we're all hoping she's a Melbourne Cup winner, multiple 11-time Group 1 winner out here. It'll be exciting, although I don't think she's at the peak of her powers. I might be wrong. Um, let's hope that she produces her best. And if she produces her best, she can she can win. But mm. she's got to produce her best. And never easy to get that little bit older. I can tell you I'm, I'm playing golf uh, this morning, Ray, with mm. the wondrous coach, Mark Rudin. And you can tell when blokes get that little bit older. They used to hit the ball like 30 yards past me. Now he can't see me. He's that far back. <laughs> well, good luck with the golf, Rich. Appreciate you coming on, as always, on a Sunday morning. We'll talk next week. See you, Ray. See you. And Bulldog, I noticed last there was a great article in the Telegraph in relation to Ben Cummings. I saw them. I'm not sure who wrote it, about that six-again mistake he made in the grand final. But can I tell you, from a, from a, a spectator's fan, I think the problem starts with the players. Every time the referee makes a decision on the field, James Tedesco, every, not just him, but every player, blows up, yells at the referee. If they stop doing that, maybe the fans will. I've said it all along, yeah, Rich. I'm getting been. sick and tired of every player, every week, multiple times in every game, throwing their arms up and carrying on like little kids. Grow up and let the referee do his job. Rich, you fired him up. You're all fired <laughs> up now, Rich. Go and have a three-putt and leave me alone. <laughs> Good on you, Rich. Thanks for joining us. Tanya's in studio with the Scratchings. Good morning, Tanya. I'll bring back some civility. Morning all. Racing in New South Wales today is at Musselbrook and Nowra, and we'll look at the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Start with Musselbrook, where the weather is fine. The track is a soft six. The rail is out three metres from the 1,200 to the 300. True the remainder and 21 scratchings. From race one, take number three, Opal Glory. Five, Karam. Six, Kamiya. Eleven, Eunice Serbel. And 14, Smart Vengeance. Three, five, six, eleven and fourteen. Race two, number nine, Adelson. Number nine. Race three is clear. 
from Ace 4, number 6, Gogglebox. And 14, Mirror Illusion, 6 and 14. Race 5, number 12, Speed to Succeed. And the Emergency, 15, 12 and 15. Race 6, number 6, Licciardi. And 11, Starham, 6 and 11. Race 7, number 5, Makuba. 9, Jetpack. And the Emergency, 17, 5, 9, 17. Race 8, number 1, Love Me Tender. Five, I shot the sheriff. Nine, gold gift. Thirteen, Ventus. Emergencies, 15 and 20. One, five, nine, 13, 15 and 20 from race eight at Musselbrook. Nara, the weather is fine. The track, a soft seven rail true and 24 scratchings. From race one, take three, Fulham. And eight, Where Lambo. Three and eight. Race two, number three, Rubigal. And ten, Dungasson. Eleven, also JX. And the emergency, 15. 3, 10, 11 and 15 from race 2. Race 3, number 1, Hauteur. 4, Rhythm Boat. 6, Shocking Force. And 9, Rosie's Gift. 1, 4, 6 and 9. Race 4, number 4, Sea Crossing. And 11, Benyata. 4 and 11. Race 5, take out 1, TikTok Boom. 3, Hadouken. 4, Dream Game. 6, Hot Dancing. 11, Real Salty. And 13, Face the Day. 1, 3, 4, 6, 11 and 13. Race 6, take out 7, Gamba Quarter. Number 7. And race 7, number 6, Santa Prost. 8, Supreme Wind. 10, Edgewise. 13, Waikato Flyer. And 14, Smart Vengeance. 6, 8, 10, 13 and 14 from race 7 at Nara. And up to the Sunshine Coast, the weather is fine. The rail is true. The track synthetic and 21 scratchings. From race one, take number nine, number nine. Race two, number three, number three. From race three, number nine, number nine. Race four, numbers one, five, seven, eleven, fifteen, sixteen, and nineteen. One, five, seven, eleven, fifteen, sixteen, and nineteen. Race five, take out number eight, number eight. Race six, numbers one, nine, and ten. One, nine, and ten. Race seven, number twelve, number twelve. And from race eight, take out. 5, 7, 9, 11, 12 and 14. 5, 7, 9, 11, 12 and 14 from race 8 at the Sunshine Coast. And just apologies, particularly for those owners and trainers at Musselbrook for the names that I kind of butchered there. No, there you, were some tricky ones. You did well, Tan. You got through them all. Tips today, Musselbrook race 3, number 2, Reggie's Boy into race 6, number 2, She's Independent. At Nowra, race 2, number 8, Amberina. Into race five, number five, Schwarzy's choice. Each way, here's the news. Hello, I'm Sarah Wombe. Russian President Vladimir Putin is allowing inspectors from the International Nuclear Energy Watchdog into the occupied Zaporizhia power plant. There have been concerns of damage to the plant, potentially being caused by fierce fighting in the region. Retired US Colonel Cedric Layton has told CNN there is a reason Russia is allowing inspectors. In essence, you can bring the IAEA, uh, people from the Atomic Energy Watchdog, into the plant and say everything's fine here and uh, they may even make a show of how everything is operating and that uh, you know is something that will give Putin a potential propaganda victory. Eight disability employment providers are getting their federal government funding scrapped. A review has found the poor performing providers were offering job placements that end abruptly or only lasted while government funding was coming in. More than 15,000 people who rely 
rely on such organisations will be transferred to one of 44 government-approved bodies. In Darwin, Labor has declared victory in a close by-election race. Brent Potter will replace former Chief Minister Michael Gunner as the new member for Fanny Bay. Still in the NT, and up to 100 fighter jets will be seen and heard across the skies over Darwin in the coming weeks as exercise pitch black returns. The Royal Australian Air Force, along with more than a dozen countries, including New Zealand, the US and India, will participate in the training exercise, with Germany, Japan and South Korea taking part in the war games for the first time. Director Air Commodore Tim Allsop has told the ABC it's a unique opportunity. We do this activity because of the partners we can bring together and learn from each other. We all operate in very different environments with very different uh, challenges, but we come together here for a common chance to train. New South Wales police are hoping proposed strict laws will help them fight against organised crime. World First legislation will be introduced to Parliament in three weeks, which will give officers the power to search people suspected of possessing encrypted devices. State Police Commissioner Karen Webb says cracking down on encrypted communications is the missing link in addressing organised crime. They're using encrypted devices, which are illegal devices, to communicate with each other and making money out of whatever commodity they can get their hands on and so we're working towards unexplained wealth legislation. Despite cost of living pressures, people are still spending, but for how long remains to be seen as family budgets continue to be squeezed. Retail sales have increased by just under 18%, the largest growth in clothing, electronics and fuel. But the increases are largely due to the lockdowns experienced across the nation last year. Australian Retailers Association's CEO Paul Zara says the trends are difficult to read. The current retail trade environment is very different to a year ago and Businesses are dealing with a whole new set of challenges due to inflation and rising costs associated with fuel, energy, supply chain and rent, of course. And Birdsville's Big Red Bash in far west Queensland has retained its record for the most people dancing the nutbush after the Monday Monday Bash in New South Wales fell a few hundred short. This is Air News. The Tigers have had their biggest loss in the club's history, going down to the Roosters 72-6 to in the NRL. Tigers interim coach Brett Kamali says the numbers are tough to face. The players care about their careers and their jobs and the West Tigers, they, they're hurting, they're not in a very good position at the moment. We're all in it together. While Roosters coach Trent Robinson said he was happy with the team and the score. You know, you, we've played some good games in our past and one by one point, you know, where you're on for 80 minutes. And so that... The attitude needs to stay, but tonight when you when you have that attitude, you, you're going to rack up some, some records, which was really nice for the last game on the SCG. In the other games, there were wins to the Sharks and the Eels, and the NRLW season has kicked off with the Roosters beating the Eels 38-16. to Fremantle beat Greater Western Sydney 89-69 to in the AFL. It puts the Dockers third on the ladder and will secure a second final spot if either Sydney or Collingwood lose today. The power has been clinical against Crosstown rivals the Crows, taking a 56-point win. Richmond has defeated Essendon 141-75. to The Cats took down the Eagles 131-46. to The Suns beat the Kangaroos by 67 points. And in the English Premier League, Everton and Nottingham Forest tied one all. Arsenal, Southampton, Fulham, Crystal Palace and Tottenham all posted wins. Australian Independent Radio News. 
Punters Postmortem with Dave Stanley. I don't think there was much cheering at Rose Hill for a number of punters. Chris Roots. The only people happy all day were the people who got the 260 shades of rose, counting down the hours until the last so they could collect. Simon Dinopoulos. For the majority of the meeting, I agree with Chris to an extent, but a lot of the leaders were just rated well in front. Punters Postmortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. Foreign-owned bookies like Sportsbet and Ladbrokes are taxed less than other Australian gambling products. Support our call for fair play. Visit fairplaycoalition.com.au for more details. Authorised by Aussie Fair Play Coalition Proprietary Limited, Melbourne. Thinking about your next build or renovation? Wideline Windows and Doors has all the planning tools at your fingertips. Their website is full of inspirational ideas to make your project a success. Advice and tips to get you started, even a colour selector and window planning tool. Plus, free online quotes are returned in 48 business hours. Just upload your plans or tell them what you need. Easy. There's never been a better time to take a closer look at the Wideline Windows and Doors website, www.wideline.com.au. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Download the Tiger Trade app and experience a better way to master investing. Fund your accounts from as little as one cent and start trading with the Tiger Trade app today. All investments involve risk. In Bexley, there's been a collision on Forest Road near Bayview Street with one or two southbound lanes closed. Parramatta, roadworks on Wild Avenue northbound between Phillips Street and Victoria Road. In Prospects, the Prospects Highway upgrade on the Great Western Highway has delays going both ways between Flushcombe Road and Ponds Road. It's the warehouse sale at Amart. Save big with up to 55% off a huge range of furniture so you can transform your home for less. Hurry, offers end soon at Amart. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. Sydney, mostly sunny today, heading for a top of 18 degrees. Partly cloudy in Melbourne and 15 degrees. Partly cloudy in Brisbane as well, heading for a top of 21. Over in Perth, 20 degrees and partly cloudy. Adelaide, waking to morning fog, heading for a top of 16. Hobart's partly cloudy and 13 degrees. Darwin, sunny and 33. And in Canberra, morning frost, partly cloudy and 13. You didn't say it. You oh, always oh, say in the, in the nation's capital. capital. In the nation's capital, morning frost, partly cloudy, 13 degrees in Canberra. Oh, skips out and goes to Martin. He scores the try. I fool them all. The minor premiership wrapped up, but the big prize is still to come. What's well, Henny Zalesniak has his pants pulled down and the Cowboys have another one. Well, they're lining up on the left side here. Moses, the kick. Not again. Dennis and Moylan and Hines with a great ball. Ikefalo right out of his chest at pace. Nico Hines, what a buy he has been for Granella. Beryls for Lodge. Matt Lodge scores. It's 70 for the Roosters. It is a cricket score. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show. Very shortly, Peter Peters will join us. And for all our listeners, don't forget, we have a ZNZ NRL watch to give away today. All you need to do is listen during Peter Peters' segment. And after our chat with Zorba, we will give a question on something that we discussed during that segment. The first person through 
with the correct answer will win the ZNZ NRL watch of their choice. And that's on the open line, 1353 SMS 0419767272. So we'll let you know when to make those calls and or SMSs once we've had Zorba's segment and the question. Of course, we're also giving away a $100 cash card courtesy of Tab later this hour in the league super quiz. And Wayne's kindly let us know. Dino, the score check is... Ray 18, Bulldog 10. Skipped away. Bit of a lead that's at the moment. Eight, that's eight weeks. That's two months you're ahead of Go me. Go, you good thing. Are we going for two cartons here? Or what are we doing? Oh, uh, we did discuss that, haven't we? Oh. We're going to discuss it because I was going to actually put a proposal to you, but we'll discuss it after Zorba. But I've got a proposal to put forward just to rev things up a little bit. No, you've got me thinking. No, well, say it now. Well, I was going to say, let's make this one worth five points. Okay. It brings me back into the game. Producer Steve's saying no. Oh, no, he's saying hang on. Well, it brings me back into the game if I win. But if I lose, I give you two cases rather than one. All right, well... I'm prepared to roll the dice, producer Steve. Is that okay? He's having to think about okay, it. We'll <laughs> talk about it later. There's Jared, your proposal, right? Exactly. Jared Daffy will join us with today's life lesson and all sporting odds. And we've had one of our listeners contact me who wanted to contact Jared with a life lesson. No. I, don't, I don't know what it is, so I'll put her in contact with Jared. Right. So he'll come back to us hopefully today. Phil Moss will join us with the world of football. And a quick cheerio, Dino. A couple of gentlemen yesterday at the races come up and said good day. Their last names are Thomas. No relation. They're from Tamworth, of all things. And I think they play um, bowl, lawn bowls with my, my uncle up there. Beautiful. Grant. So to both gentlemen, the Thomas brothers, good to see you yesterday. And they saw Animo at their very best. It was great racing. Peter Peters is on the line, Sorb. Good morning. Morning, Roman. Morning, Dean. Well, two weeks before the finals and the fence went on strike. They're on holiday. What was happening, Sorb? Seriously. An average of 57 points, Ray, mm. in six games so far. One score in the 70s, one in the 60s, with just one close game. The Panthers, 26-22, win over South on Thursday. The only real contest. Now, Penrith have clinched the minor premiership and their home semi with the win, and they're going to be awfully hard to beat. There are some teams in the top four now that I don't think can win. I don't think the Cowboys can win. Oh, and I don't think okay. the Sharks can win. Really? I'm not sure um, about uh, about their... I, I just think they need to have a couple of years in the finals. They've done well, but I don't think they can win. So out of those top four sides, I only think Penrith and Storm are the real chances, and I favour Penrith. But outside of the four, well, we'll know more about the Roosters in the next couple of weeks. Um, they play... The storm next week, and then uh, then they play south. So we'll know where they're going to be. Um, they're making a lot of noise at the moment, and their big forwards are bullying opposition side. Mm. But can they bully? Uh, can they bully the storm and South Sydney? I doubt it. So, what did you make of Jimmy Tarmel being sinbinned and then subsequently dismissed for dissent last night? Well. Absolute frustration with the Bulldog. Mm. He's a he's been a terrific player for several clubs. He's played over three hundred games. He's always played the game in the right spirit. Um, an absolute moment of madness could uh, end what has been a very very good career. And um, I feel sorry for him. I like the way he fronted up. He fronted up to the press conference. He didn't go hiding. 
He fronted up and said, I stuffed up. Mm. I'm embarrassed. I've got four kids. How do I face them? Um, how do I face my family? How do I face my fans in the club? Um, he said he's embarrassed. He apologised, and then he was going looking for Ben Cummings to the referee's room to apologise to him too. But I don't think it can save him. Um, I heard the word incompetent. That is having a crack at the at the, the referee in a way in which you can't uh, do. It's a no-no in the game. He's going to go for a row, unfortunately, and it could be a very sad ending to what's been a very, very good career. As you say, Bulldog, he was sin-binned. That should have been it. Game was over. Mm. I mean, the frustration of um, of the the heaviness of the defeat, um, seventy two to six, obviously played its part. But there's no backing out of it now. He 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 will go for a row. Yeah, exactly. Can I go back to Thursday night, Sorb? And it was a terrific contest between Penrith and South. And Penrith won twenty six twenty two. Perhaps a touch lucky, but then again, South probably should have taken their chances. But um, what did you make of that game, and where does it leave South Sydney at the moment? Well, South should have won the game. There's no mm. doubt about it. They they bombed several tries. They hit the front late. They didn't uh, they didn't hang on to that win. Full marks to Penrith. They never stopped, and they've got a lot of star quality uh, looking on from the bench at the moment um, with injuries. But uh, the thing about the game that came out to me was I I can't believe that you know social media plays such a big part in the minds of players now and, and, and young Jackson Paulo who had a poor game um, and he's been he's been absolutely um, well he's had dress, death threats over uh, over social media and, mm. and, and it's ridiculous support. Mm. and how people can go to that extent um, is beyond me as I said South puts it a golden chance to beat Penrith but um, um, the ramifications are going to be heavy for South now they give themselves a chance of winning the comp. They're going to have to be awfully good to win it outside of the top eight, and the, uh, top four, and they're not going to be able to make that. So what did you make of the night's drama during the week with Ponga and Kurt Mann? Well, I thought it was um, it was a poor look for the captain of the club. Um, poorly handled, I thought, by Newcastle. Um, gee, they've got some problems there. They, they really need to shut up and play. Um, and the coach is not helping. I mean, he's trotted out excuse after excuse after excuse up there in Newcastle. Um, I mean, it's now in the hands of um, the NRL integrity, and it'll be interesting to see what comes up. Um, Newcastle, I, I don't know what's going on up there, but I do know the Ace Immortal has been phoning clubs this week uh, trying to offload um, um, young Clifford, Jake Clifford. They want to buy Tyson uh, Gamble from the Brisbane Broncos, but they need to get rid of um, they need to get rid of Clifford first and mm. find someone to pay for him. Um, it's interesting that um, uh, that the Immortal has been doing that. Mm. Hey, so before we get your tips on the final two games, Dino was talking earlier about the grand final. It's in Sydney again for 2022, but no guarantees going forward. And from our listeners so far, it's a it's really dividing opinion. Have you got an opinion on whether the grand final should stay in Sydney or NFL-style go around the country? Well, I certainly don't think that um, that the NRL should be doing any favours to um, uh, to the current government. I mean, um, this has been poorly handled. 
to bring in those poor people um, that have lost homes and have still waiting, still waiting for flood relief from two floods ago, let alone the latest one. Um, I mean, to, to to come out and say, when we're talking millions in rugby league for what was promised, and we're talking billions uh, for the flood relief victims, mm. um, it doesn't equate to me. Um, the current Premier, the only sign of sport that I can see with him uh, is that in an earlier life, he could have been a corner post and put ears and glasses on. But he is not a sporting uh, premier, and I think he's made excuses. And I think rugby league people will uh, vote accordingly, and it's a big vote right throughout um, New South Wales next year. What do you think, Dino? Uh, Perrottet is number one enemy of rugby league at the moment, mm. and he's made an enemy of South Sydney, Zorba. And we all know what South Sydney fans are like. We've only got to go back to 2000 to see 100,000 march up George Street. Yep. So if Dominic wants to make an enemy of the bunnies, it might come back to bite him at the March election. I'm sure it will. Um, and and I think uh, Peter Vlandis is that smart. He'll be talking to the opposition leader now. I think he'll be back on the table with Labor. In a second. Hey, and so, and, and I, I refuse to... In all of my life on, on radio and in the media, I've refused to get into politics. This is the first time I've jumped in. But like all rugby league fans, I reckon a handshake and a deal is a deal. No, it was an incredible good. comment from uh, Peter Volandis, wasn't it, Zorb? It was in jest. but It was in jest, but he did say, look, Perrottet's a good man. He's a good premier. But then the cutting comment came by saying, but don't make a bet with him because if you do, he will not pay. Yep. And I thought, uh, wow, that's an incredible damning, backhander. Uh, pretty damning. What about the lucky late loners? Uh, David Nofaluma. Okay. He's going to be playing in, in, in Melbourne. <laughs> in top four. He's scoring tries galore. Loves rugby league again. And I, playing well. I can't equate to this. What about Matt Lodge um, mm. storming home with the Roosters? And, and I mean, we saw it last year with Tavita Pangai Jr. Um, playing for Penrith in and then going through to um, to a grand, grand final. final. I, I don't know about the loans. I don't like it. And and, and I just think these players are uh, extra lucky. Um, yeah. for those what players... a hometown humiliation for Manly fans at Four Pines at Brookvale last night. Were you there, Zorb? Were you there? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I, I, I want to I say some things about it. Manly were a rabble. And since they have key players, I'm sure they've got key players out. But last night was a continuation of a shocking loss of form where they've dropped to 10th after, and they'll probably go to 11th, being top four 12 months ago. Now, to his credit, Des, Des Hasler, the coach, last night refused to blame the drama on the fallout from the rainbow jersey and the subsequent refusal of seven players to play. It's just a cop-out. But Des Hasler's football department needs a complete overhaul. Promising players have gone backwards this season. The team's fitness is in question. So is team morale. I sat behind the new CEO, Tony Mestrov, to watch last night's game. His nickname is Messi, and he has a heck of a mess to clean up at his old club. Mm. 100% he's the right man to do it, and there will be changes going forward after a full 
season review in a couple of weeks' time. Interesting Sitting thoughts. beside me last night was Manly's godfather, Ken Arthurson. He was disgusted by what he witnessed. The 93-year-old legendary administrator wanted to go at half-time, and who could blame him? Mm. And finally, let's clear something up. There's been a lot of beating around the bush. The front office didn't stuff up on the rainbow jersey fiasco. Indeed, the football department did. A detailed email trail by marketing, media, sales and the football department started last November regarding the jersey. It was followed up in January, February and May. All the emails were ticked off by the football department and the manager. So throwing admin and the board under the bus recently by the coach would ultimately prove a dumb decision. Mm. Yep, no. Very so that clears that up. Very interesting thoughts. Can you help us today, Zorb? St. George, Illawarra take on the Gold Coast. That's the 2 p.m. game. Head-to-head, the Dragons $1.53, the Titans two fifty. Then at 4.05 p.m., Newcastle take on Canberra. It's all uh, or nothing for the Raiders. $4.10 head-to-head, the Knights $1.24, Canberra. How do you see these two games, Zorb? Well, I think the Dragons and Titans will be a lot closer than the Knights and the Raiders. Um, I... I think the Dragons have got it in them to uh, uh, to beat the Titans and uh, and to win that fairly clearly. And, and I think the Raiders, with a lot to play for, they're on 24 points. They're hoping to squeeze in with um, with two wins um, in the remaining two games. And um, they've got an opportunity to do that. They play Manly next week and then the West Tigers. So you can give them four points to finish with. So they can squeeze into the eight. Um, so that'll be interesting for them, and I think they'll uh, they'll beat the Knights today. Good on you, Zorb. Appreciate it, as always. We'll talk next Thanks, week. Zorb. Okay, boys. There's Peter Peters. Just quickly, Dino. Um, also today, the NRLW continues at twelve o'clock. The Dragons will take on the Titans before the NRL game. So at 12 o'clock, the Dragons take on the Titans in that NRLW game. And then after the Knights in Canberra at 4:05 p.m. at 6:10 p.m. NRLW game continues there. The Knights take on the Broncos there as well. Yesterday, the Roosters, 38, defeated the Eels, 16, in the first game of the NRLW, Dino. Yes, Sam Bremner, a standout there for the Roosters. Ray, three try assists, three line breaks, two line breaks, and 11 tackle busts. Mm. Just quickly, Ray, I just saw Brett Kamali fronting the media last night on a replay on Fox Sports. Felt sorry for Gee, me. I feel sorry for Noddy. You know what? He stepped in to help the club, mm. but it's actually damaging his career. And I feel sorry for Noddy. He doesn't deserve that. He's done the right thing by the West Tigers. But in terms of future employment as a head coach, you can't help but think, Ray, that this is hurting his chances. I did see an interview with him where he said he's going to sit down with Tim, Sheen, Tim Sheens once the season is over. And he's, he's hopeful there's three or four potential positions. He wants to stay at the Tigers. Um... So hopefully there's a role there for Noddy. You said it it was hard to watch. Gordon from Yurimba, just for a quick break, Dino. Players in too many, this is Gordon from Yurimba, players in too many clubs have turned it up this weekend and are purely focused on Mad Monday in a couple of weeks. When you work Monday to Friday, you finish at 5pm Friday, not Thursday lunchtime. Would Peter Peters concur that at least four clubs, including his Manly, 
are simply not having a dig. That goes to your point, Dean. Gordon, spot on. Mm. And I know it's hard to be motivated, Ray, if the finals have gone, but you are professionals and you are on big money. Mm. You have to be committed every week. As hard as it can be emotionally to get up, you've just got to find a way. You're on big money. Got to play for your, your, your teammates. Your fans. Your family. And the it's club. too much to play yeah, for just exactly. to clock off too early. Exactly. We'll take a quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. G'day, this is Dave Stanley. We're all set for our Kosciuszko tour of country New South Wales. We're going to be live at some venues. We're live at Mwoolumbar's Riverview Hotel on Tuesday, August 23. The Goulburn Soldiers Club on Thursday, August 25th. And the William Barra Hotel in Wagga Wagga on Friday, August 26th. <laughs> Look out for our bright blue van on a highway near you. Join us for Racing HQ's Kosciuszko Tour on Sky Sports Radio. Experience the thrill of racing on Tab Everest Day at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country, races back and gives you the chance to win a share in $2 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the Tab app. The Kosciuszko. Tickets on sale now. Entry open in New South Wales residents only. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. Racing New South Wales authorised under New South Wales permit number GOCSC 1051. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Mum, do you know the difference between OLED, Ultra UHD, Neo QLED and 4K? Do you? Kim at Bingley Bell Conan does, Subham at Bankstown does and George at Moore Park does. Our stuff speak technology. Mum, you say dryer, they'll say heat pump, vented or condenser. You need a heater. They'll talk purifiers, humidifiers and dehumidifiers. And they always help you find the right one. Just talk to Keith at Rhodes, Emily at West Gosford, or any of our team at Bingley. Except Lando at the head office. Bingley, better living every day. Foreign-owned bookies like Sportsbet and Ladbrokes are taxed less than other Australian gambling products. Support our call for fair play. Visit fairplaycoalition.com.au for more details. Authorised by Aussie Fair Play Coalition Proprietary Limited, Melbourne. for the most exciting two minutes in sports. The very best of U.S. racing seven days a week. Looking at Lee, can't catch always dreaming, who's the 143rd winner of the Kentucky Derby. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. Going on with the job, Arapaho. Francesco Guardiolite. It's Arapaho from Francesco Guardi. And Arapaho won the big Premier's Cup. Arapaho from Francesco Guardi. And Lord Ardmore between them third. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. That was Arapaho winning a thrilling Premier's Cup. Very shortly, his owner, Carl Holt, will join us. But firstly, this is the question to win the Z and Z Jewelers watch. So what one word did Zorba call Manly's performance this week? What one word did Zorba call Manly's performance this week in their 40 points to six loss to the Sharks. Call now on 13 53 53 or SMS 0419 767 272 with the correct answer. Producer Steve and Tanya waiting on the lines. Dino Arapaho was terrific yesterday and this gentleman's in for a big spring. He's got some real carnival talent uh, lined up. Carl Holt is on the line. Carl, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Thanks How for are you? Yeah, terrific, and thanks for joining us, Carl. And well, Arapaho might not be your, the best horse you've got, but you'd love to be racing him because he turns up every start. He started this current campaign in restricted class on April one. He's just got better and better the longer he keeps racing. 
Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Mm. This is uh, on, uh, yesterday was his tenth start. This preparation, um, you know, he's one of those Europeans that have taken a couple of preparations to come right. And um, you know, we've just been amazed at what he's done this this campaign. I think he started off in the Musselbrook Cup. Mm, Cup. Yeah. He then tailed off in the Tamworth Cup on a, on a very very hard track. Um, and since then, um, it's been an upward spiral, and it's just amazing that Bjorn's managed to get him to, to peak on his 10th start. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. It was that day at Rose Hill on that real wet track when he won by a minute, and everyone had him pegged as a wet tracker. But you're right, he's now proving himself on all surfaces. Yesterday was a soft five, and the running times that were pretty commensurate with a good four. So it was a firmish track. He handled that. Group three level, some good, tough season stayers, and... He found a way to win. I think the key to this horse, uh, and, and Bjorn's found the, found the key to him, is, is just to get him to, to relax and be in his own rhythm. Mm. And when he's done that, um, whether he's you know, been in the front, whether he's been three wide, whether he's been at the back, um, he's managed to finish off. It's just a question of getting him to settle. And Rachel did an amazing job yesterday mm. and also in the Grafton Cup um, to follow his instructions and to get him to settle, get him to relax, get him to breathe. And then he's got that European turn of foot. Mm, yeah. What about the trainer's description of this horse, Dino Arapaho? I don't know if Carl asked Carl if he likes or not. Bjorn calls Arapaho a fickle Frenchman. <laughs> How about that, Carl? <laughs> yeah. I can't possibly comment on that. <laughs> um, but whatever, whatever the horse is described as, uh, Bjorn has found the key to him. And 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 um, yeah, whether he can get any further this preparation mm. or not, you know, I suppose it's got to be sort of a week by week situation now. But mm. you know, he seems to be thriving in stable life. He looks amazing, and you know, Bjorn said his work on the Tuesday was was fantastic. So. At this point, I suppose it's onwards and upwards. You can't turn a horse out when he's racing so well. And, and talking to Bjorn late yesterday, Carl, he's thinking possibly the Metropolitan. Yeah, I think that, that that's sensible um, for him. Um, you know, get into the race, no problem now after the win um, yesterday. And I suppose a path could be the, the Wyong and Newcastle Cups into mm. it. But um, as I say, when he's this deep into preparation, it's it's got to be a race at a time. But You'd have to think, given um, what he did yesterday, he'd be competitive, um, you know, in, in something like the Metropolitan. You know, he's ticked the 2400 box in the, in the, in the Grafton Cup and certainly no, showed no signs of stopping in, in that race or, or yesterday. Carl, which horse excites you most for spring, uh, for spring rather? Zaki oh, or Lost and Running? It's oh, like saying who's your favourite child. <laughs> you can't really answer that one. I, mm. I, I, I'm equally excited by both. Um, Lost and Running's obviously trialled Friday and, and, and did it incredibly well. Um, he comes, He's come back bigger, stronger, more seasoned. Um, you know, he's, he's reasonably likely, likely raced for a six-year-old. So, you know, we are expecting him to go to another level, this preparation. Um he needs to find a couple of lengths, obviously, to be competitive with the Nature Strips and the Eduardos. But, you know, I, I think it's possible. Um, so, you know, he's obviously very exciting. And um, the sprint series, which Racing New South Wales has put on, is is just amazing. And, you know, obviously, with, there's a logical path through the short mm-hmm. premier, the Everest, the Nature Strip uh, stakes for him. Um, so that's incredibly exciting. I have to say that I think Zaki's a, a little bit of a forgotten horse at this point. Mm. You know, everyone's getting excited about the Animo, which was an amazing performance yesterday. Um, you know, but Zaki, he hasn't really put a foot wrong. He was, I think he was $2.50 favourite for the Cox Plate before he got scratched on the morning of the race. 
Um, and since then, he's won an all-star mile. He's won a, you know, um, you know he came yeah. second in the Queen Elizabeth, beaten by a freak ride. And you know, last time I looked, you know, Animo and very elegant, uh, you know, were a long way back in his in his wake. So, um, you know, I saw him last Thursday. He looks amazing. Um, he's showing no signs of being eight. He looks like a two-year-old. He's still doing all this silly stuff. He's still playing around. Uh, he'll trial tomorrow. I think he's he's in for a huge spring, and I think he's, a, you know, as I say, in the context, I think he's a little bit of a forgotten horse, which is unbelievable given what he's achieved since he's come to Australia. Yeah, it's a good point, um, and probably I'm guilty of that as well. He, he is a bit of a forgotten horse, but we'll see him tomorrow at the trials at Hawkesbury, and I think Annabelle Neesham's plan, Carl, tell me if I'm wrong, is to probably go first up in the in the tramway at this stage in a couple of weeks. That's the plan. Um, um, when I saw her last week, we did sort of throw around. Um, the possibility of the fee, and just because um, it's the same day, it's a look around Mooney Valley. I think the mm. tramway is definitely Plan A, but you know, with the weather patterns around, um, you know, we've got to be uh, aware of those situations, and we don't want to give him a, a tough, tough run early in the preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he does obviously go no problem on soft and heavy ground, but um, as we as we saw in the autumn. You know, when he was a little bit disappointing in the Doombun Cup, you know, those really heavy track runs in the Queen Elizabeth and also in the Hollandale, they, they do eventually take their toll. Mm. So we wouldn't have bottomed him early on. So I think we have to be aware of that and we have to sort of look for possible alternatives if, if you know, we do get, you know, continuing deluges in Sydney. Of course, yeah. But, um, look, exciting times for you, Carl, with both Austin running on the Everest path and Zaki on the Cox Plate path. Arapaho, he could be on the metropolitan path the way he's going. So, look, best of luck for the rest of the spring. Appreciate you joining us on a Sunday morning, and congratulations again and, with the Arapaho's win. And don't forget Benno from yesterday. Oh, he wasn't he good? Yeah, I, I didn't mention Benno was excellent sneaking up on the inside, and he's probably on the metropolitan path. We did have a a, um, a listener text in to me earlier asking about the Caulfield Cup. I, I told him then that when I spoke to John O'Shea recently, it's more likely the metropolitan path for Benno. Have you got any update there, Carl? That's, that's again, his plan A. But uh, as I say, you know, I think you've got to be slightly adaptable um, mm. given what's going on weather, weather-wise. weather um, But, you know, he likes the sort of uh, heavy track, so Metropolitan kind of makes sense. But if he, if he grew another leg and sort of really sort of came on through, um, you know, the Chelmsford and the Kingsford Smith, then, yeah. you know, who knows? You know, you, you, you can't da- turn down these sort of races when they're, when they're there. But Metropolitan, again, would be plan A um, and the others would be plan B. He couldn't miss him, the grey sneaking up on the fence yesterday in the wink stakes. He was excellent. Look, thanks so much for joining us on a Sunday no morning, Carl, and best luck for the rest of the spring. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Take care of yourself. You too. There, there's thanks. Carl Holt, um, part owner of or owner of Arapahoe, but also Zaki Lawson running. And I forgot Benno, who was excellent yesterday. Dino. Hey, Dino, we have a winner. Um, now, Maurizio Biondi of Potts Point. He's correctly said rabble. Maurizio. Yeah, Love that name. Yeah, Rabble is what Zorba, Zorba described Zorba, Manly yeah. as. And Maurizio is also a Manly supporter. So we have another Manly winner. Also, um, if Steve Parks from Bombardieri is listening, can you please call in? We just need to check your details to give you your Z and Z watch. And on that very point, um, Daryl um, Swan from Kingaroy Dino is texting. Good morning, Ray and Dean. Thanks for my Broncos watch. I was lucky enough to win. The other day, it arrived in the mail on Friday. I deemed last night's Roosters-Tigers match a foregone conclusion, so I stuck to my normal practice of watching two good British cop shows on ABC TV instead, which was a correct decision given the 
final result. So I think a lot of people were in the same path as Daryl Dino. It certainly is uh, frustrating, isn't it, Ray, when you've got a lot of blowouts in one round. It can uh, it is. can get a bit tedious. We've got a caller here. I wonder what Joe thinks of the blowouts. Joe, good morning. Hey, fellas. How are you? Thanks good for job. waiting for us, Joe. What, what did you think of, well, firstly, the, the blowouts over the weekend and well, the NRL finals ahead of us? I can't believe these guys get paid to do a job that they like doing and can't turn up for 80 minutes on in a, a particular game mm. once a week and give their best. I can't what what, what team do you follow, Jay? Do you follow? A team oh, I follow the Bulldogs actually. Okay. Yeah. What did you make of them yesterday against Parramatta, uh, who were pretty good? Or must have been. Yeah, yeah, Parramatta were pretty dominant, and they look. They're getting themselves together. They'll be a lot better next year. Yeah. So they're going to take a couple of years to get together. The reason it rang today, I, I think Canberra are going to be. a the eighth team. I, I can't see Brisbane beating Parramatta next week. And I think Canberra can win the last three games. And I hope they get in because I think they've lost, they've taken, had a couple of games taken away from with bad decisions. So I'm, I'm hoping Canberra can make the eight. I think, I think they deserve it. And I think there's only one danger to the Penrith Panthers this year. Mm. And it's you wouldn't have said it five or six weeks ago, but I think the roosters are the dark horse. Yeah, they've got to come probably from the bottom half, Jay. But they, I know Dino, you think they're gathering momentum at the right time. Yeah, I certainly do, Ray. And they've got a powerful squad. They're winners. They know how to win. They've got a coach that knows how to win. It's all just starting to fall into line. You know what, Ray? Mm. The good clubs, the good coaches know just when to peak. Mm. And the Roosters are doing it again. Exactly, yeah. Listen to Dino. We'll take a quick break, Dino. Listen to Dino and Ray in the big sports breakfast weekend. But firstly, call now. Call now for the League Super Quiz. So call on 13.53.53. That's 13.53.53 to be part of the League Super Quiz. The putters panel. I've logged on one here just because I want to be on it whenever it runs in the screen. I think Shawfly is going to progress through to being a really nice horse. I'm not sure where it ends up. Fascinated that he's gone back to the 1400 metres and put J Mac on. I just think that's an indication of how well the horse is going at home. And a Shawfly of the star back with a bang. First up, ran down Titanium Power. The putters panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. Experience the thrill of racing on Tab Everest Day at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country, races back and gives you the chance to win a share in $2 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the Tab app. The Kosciuszko. Tickets on sale now. Entry open to New South Wales residents only. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. Racing New South Wales authorised under New South Wales permit number GOCSC1051. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Hi, it's Matty Johns. Get your years of hard work recognised and get the qualification you deserve with the help of Skills Certified. Their partner RTOs assess your workplace skills and can turn them into a nationally recognised qualification through recognition of prior learning. It could open your career options, increase your salary or even get your promotion. Why spend unnecessary time and money when life has already qualified you? Take the free 60-second skills check now at skillscertified.com.au. Get your skills certified. Get into Totally Workwear Bridalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. 
open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Baldim and South Africa have a thumping victory here at Lords. It's Marco Janssen, the six-foot-eight beanpole, that has finished things off by sending a Yorker into the base of Jimmy Anderson's off stump. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, in South Africa, rolled England inside three days at Lords. They were really good, South Africa. Rabada, excellent. They're coming out this summer, Dino. They're going to make a real contest absolutely, of this. Absolutely, absolutely. It always gives you that warm and fuzzy feeling when England get rolled at home <laughs> inside three days. You want, you want Penelope and Hamish to replay that last yeah, week? Yeah, I mean, I love the English people. They're great people. But <laughs> when it comes to sporting events, I can't help but death ride them. They're good side, South Africa. I tell you, they're going to be hard to beat this summer. Producer Steve is in studio with the coin 18, toss, 10 to Dino. you, Ray, and I'll go heads. I've got to get back into this mm-hmm. contest. Heads it is. Now, just quickly, can we settle something? Because... Um, we were told, by, I think it was Wayne, who chimed in, we're already playing for two uh, Michael. cases. Michael. Thanks, Michael. We're already playing for two cases. Michael, I had him. If you haven't opened your oh, big mouth. hang on. This is... What, so what Michael, are, stay away. So it's producer Steve. Are we allocating five points or double nothing to this, or what are we doing? What about five points, and I'll go to three cases. That's my final offer. I'm, I'm willing to go. We'll roll the dice. Producer thumbs Steve, up. He said a thumbs up. I'm back in the game, baby. <laughs> Are you going first or who's going first? Yes, I'm going to okay. go first. And that would be you, Sam. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Now, Sam, if you don't Sam want me a bit to on this, shell Sam, out you. three cases. <laughs> no pressure, Sam. We've got to do well here. <laughs> we'll get it. So listen for some upward inflections. Anyway, just joking. <laughs> just joking. That. Sam, question number one. Which club has finished an NRL match trialless in three games this season? West Tigers? Uh, Newcastle, rounds four, uh, seven, and eight. See, that's a damning indictment, isn't it? <laughs> it's Three not great. Times, it's not yeah. great. Uh, question number two, Sam. Uh, what is the most points the West Tigers have scored in a game this season? Is it A, 26, B, 32, or C, 36? 32. You tried your best. Sam, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Even producer Steve was pointing Steve out that I one. tried. Yeah. Anyway, question uh, number three. Listen to the upward inflections. <laughs> now, yeah. who? <laughs> who is Vic Armbruster, and is he a Australian international from the late twenties, b the Warriors' media manager, or c the referee from the first Glebe <laughs> Newtown match? In 1908. That's a tough one. <laughs> tough I would never clue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Neither was anyone else does Sam. Does a, B or C, Sam? C. C. No, actually. That was a tough one. <laughs> it was a tough one. He's an Australian international from the late 20s. Sam, we got a duck egg. It's not over yet. Over to Shane. Shane, good morning. Morning, Ray. How are you feeling, Shane? We just need one to win this. No worries. Okay, best of luck. Question number one, Shane. Which NRL club's nickname does not finish... With the letter S. Um, Stab in oh, the dark. Come on. Stab Where's paddle operator Hamish? No, hang on. He's doing his best. Thank oh, you. Gee, you subbed him out. Oh, this can't go on. Tough school, this. What would you have said, Shane? Storm. Oh, oh. no. 
Oh, we would have got it. Anyway. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get it this time, Shane. We need this one. It's a multiple choice. What is the most points, the Melbourne Storm, the most points the Melbourne Storm have scored in a game this season? A, 50 points. B, 60 points. C, 70 points. Uh, B. Oh, we're going down to the wire. It's C, 70 points. Okay, Shane, we need this one. It's multiple choice. Ooh. Who is Henry Hoyle? A, referee of the 1963 Grand Final. B, key person in helping league split from rugby union. C, league author and historian. I'll go B. You beauty, oh. you little ripper. Good on you, Shane. <laughs> uh, outstanding. Hey, Shane, stay in the line because a $100 cash card courtesy of Tab is coming your way. And Dino, what does that mean now? It means I'm in trouble. <laughs> Text messages are coming in already. Well, Dino, even more underhanded <laughs> tactics. What a disgrace. Michael texts in, Dino, you roared at me in the quiz the other day when I was playing with you. Karma. <laughs> <laughs> L-O-L, two cases. Well, actually, Michael, it's now three cases. Oh, you good thing. Coming up next, Life Lesson from Jared Daffy. And now, Jared Daffy's Life Lesson. Hey, Jared, good morning. Did the lovely Kate get in contact with you? She certainly did. Just going back to the quiz. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the governing body of quizzes is. There must be something like ACMA or something like that. But surely it's in the death throes. How? It's just going for bad. Well, what about some of those questions? I, could well, I don't make them up. Mastermind wouldn't be able to answer those. <laughs> they weren't tough it's today. <laughs> they were tough. Incredibly but, uh, tough. Uh, one thing I will say about the quiz today, it sounded like the toss was legitimate, which makes a pleasant change. <laughs> you know what, Jared? There's two things people always talk to me about this show. One's a quiz and two is the life lesson. Hence the reason Kate got in contact me to contact you. Yes. Now, mm. as, as you would know, you would both be aware, you know, we've got hundreds of thousands of loyal listeners all <laughs> over the world. And Kate's a local, Kate Harris, and she took the time to send through a few of her own life lessons. So we'll periodically pick a couple of these out. But the first one, I didn't know this until I tested it. Mm. Why do peanuts float in regular Coke and sink in Diet Coke? And Kate suggests go ahead and try it, which I did. And you know what? She was right. You're kidding me. I question yeah. this because I don't think you'd have Diet Coke in your fridge. Uh, no, I have. Uh, that's a very dubious answer. Tanya nah. used to drink it like it was water and she went cold turkey. So, Tan, imagine what that was doing to you, the Diet Coke. Your <laughs> peanuts don't even reason, float in it. <laughs> and apparently the reason is sugar content. There's 39 grams of sugar in a, a standard oh, uh, okay. can of Coke. Uh, but only 12 in a Diet Coke. There you go. You learn something every day. Zero, but there you go. <laughs> it's supposed anyway, to be zero, isn't it? For that. I feel a more complete person after these no. segments, Jared. Well, there yeah. you go. I'll tell you, apart from the quiz, it's the most popular segment on this show, The Life Lesson. And, Jared? I think the show's got issues. <laughs> You've got major issues. You've got no idea. <laughs> hey, Jared, can you give us an update on NRL and NRLW odds at the moment? Two matches today. So, uh, St. George Illawarra, $1.53 to Gold Coast, two fifty. A line of five and a half points. And the Knights are getting right out in the market, um, probably on the back of all of these favourites winning. They're out to $4.10 now. Canberra dollar twenty four, a line of thirteen and a half. Uh, the Brisbane v Parramatta match has been mentioned several times. That's next Thursday night. Brisbane two dollars, Parramatta a dollar eighty. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, NRLW matches today. Mm. The first one at midday, 
St George Illawarra a dollar thirty. The Gold Coast three fifty. A line of nine and a half points. And the second one's at six ten tonight. Been plenty of uh, talk around about how Newcastle are the, going to be the team to beat this season. They're two dollar twenty outsiders to beat uh, the Broncos at a dollar sixty eight. The Premiership. Penrith two twenty five. Melbourne four fifty. Cronulla eight. Still not seeing any money for Cronulla, however. Uh, North Queensland, 9. The Roosters are into 10. Parramatta, 15. South out to 17. Brisbane, 51 now, after being, what, 10 or $12 mm. uh, last week. And Canberra, 151. And I think one of your listeners before said that Canberra can make the 8. Well, they sure can. Uh, they're into $3.75 now to make the 8. The Broncos at $1.10. So they're coming with a wet sail, the Raiders, yeah. and... As, as uh, somebody pointed out there before, a couple of those losses could have easily been wins. AFL, Gerard, the Ray's Carlton oh. might be just slight favourites over Collingwood. This is the game of the year. Mm. Uh, they're $1.90, Collingwood $1.95. So they just edge out Collingwood as far as being favourites are concerned and money as well. But uh, well, it's a must win for both teams, but in particular Carlton. Before that, we've got uh, Hawthorne $3, the Bulldogs $1.41. And we finish off with St Kilda. They're getting out as well. They're $4. The Swans $1.26, and a half. And some fairly decent changes to the premiership market with Melbourne being back in form the other night. Geelong 3. Melbourne into 3.30. They were 4.50 prior to that. The Swans just bubbling along nicely at 5.50. Collingwood 11. Richmond 12. Fremantle 18. Brisbane $10 out to 26. And then we've got the other two. Uh, potential finalists, Carlton and Bulldogs, at both at $51. We'll have Phil Moss joining us shortly, Jerry, but there's some big games coming up in the EPL tonight. And the supercars? Yes, uh, Leeds tonight, 550, draw 425. Chelsea, 155. Uh, West Ham, 230, draw 330. Brighton at 310. The late match, uh, Man City away there, $1.38 to beat Newcastle at 8, draw 5. But all eyes on this one, 5 a.m. Tuesday morning. Man United six dollars into four seventy five, a draw there at four fifty, and Liverpool at a dollar fifty eight. And the supercars, well, we've got two sprints on today. It was nice to see a different winner mm. yesterday. Will Davison leading all the way. He's well in the market for the first of the races today. This one gets underway, I think, at around about one o'clock. Shane Van Gisbergen, the favourite there at one eighty. Will Davison four twenty five. Cam Waters eight fifty, and the rest are twelve or better. And I know that you spoke to James Cummings earlier. Uh, Ray and Animo now clear favourite to win the Cox Plate. Eight dollars before yesterday, now four fifty. What about Carl Holdies? Right, we've forgotten about Zaki, haven't we? Yeah, he's out to six dollars. Okay, he's a good horse, Zaki. Hey, Jared, appreciate it. Cheer those blue boys home for us, mate. I'll be doing that. See you later. <laughs> There's you, mate. Jared Daffy joining us for today's life lesson. Very short, we'll be joined by Phil Moss. My Rangers um, lost their perfect record overnight, Dino two two with Hibbs, but they had two players sent off. Had nine men in the second half. Gone. Rangers. Drew to all. What about these texts are coming in? Mm. Michael, the man who has to blab about the cases. Mm. I love the banter. Love you, Dino. <laughs> I forgive you, Michael. Tom says, not only three cases, plus the score is now <laughs> 23 to 10. That could be? That, that's over. Was, was that... So, I get, I get the five points. Well, you have to get it now. How can How I go back? I, I, don't, I don't cheat, Ray. You know that. Oh. I'm a man of honour and dignity. <laughs> Good man. Phil Moss joins us. Mossy, that's a nice intro hearing Dino talk about himself. Good morning, Mossy. <laughs> I think Mossy's there. Mossy, go on. If I didn't want to comment on what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I will ask him. A couple of big games tonight. Um, uh, Jared did mention uh, Leeds taking on Chelsea. Your men, Man U, I think that's Tuesday morning against my men, Liverpool. Both teams looking for their first win. 
Yeah, I think Man United are paying four seventy five. Is that right? Yeah, dollar fifty eight. Liverpool. Yeah. The last time Manchester United will be playing four seventy five at home. At home. Yeah. Let's ask our man Phil Moss. Mossy, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Morning, Bulldogs. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Manchester United at home a four seventy five head to head against Liverpool dollar fifty eight. Yeah, that's right. And look, I'd be lying if I said I had full confidence in Liverpool being able to go there and get the points at the moment as well, Ray. Um, this is an intriguing game. It's uh, the first time Manchester United have been bottom of the table since the start of the Premier League back in, uh, gee, what was it, 92, 93, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, uncharted territory and, and Liverpool, you know, there, there's been some... Uh, some worrying signs just about the way they started. And I, I, I pointed uh, during the week to the Saha goal uh, last week against Liverpool and um, just a lack of intensity to, to close the ball down and particularly the final strike from Zaha yeah, in the box. I'm being pedantic, but uh, Sergio Van Dijk just, yeah, I don't know, just, just uh, leaking a couple of goals, aren't they? Yeah, leaking yeah, goals and they, they should they stop. Need to step up. Yeah. yeah. Mossy Arsenal roll on, perfect start to the season. Mm. Spurs also put Wolves to the sword, but only just, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Harry Kane, the hero, uh, set a couple of records as well. 185 uh, Premier League goals, 250 in all competitions, and uh, that's the most by a player at a single club. Uh, he just uh, pipped Sergio Aguero, who was on 184 goals for uh, Manchester City. So, um, nice little personal accolade there for Harry Kane and fully deserved, but uh, as he said many, many times, he'd give all these uh, personal accolades Back for a uh, for a team trophy, a major trophy. So uh, that is definitely the um, the target there for Antonio Conte and uh, Harry Kane at Al. Um, and the other one you mentioned, Bulldog was Arsenal, and they are just uh, they're cruising. They are really really playing with a swagger at the moment. Great start to their season. This time last season they were naught from three, zero from three, uh, which was their worst start in sixty seven years. Um, but this season, nothing like that. Um, yep. They've scored nine. They've conceded two, nine from nine points uh, after wins over Crystal Palace, Leicester and Bournemouth, and uh, they were in cruise control last night yeah, against good, Bournemouth. Yeah, they're good Arsenal. Hey, Brentford came back to earth. Fulham, three, Brentford, two. Yeah, the uh, the West London derby, Ray. This, this was a cracker. I watched uh, a fair bit of this game, and... Um, it was uh, Mitrovic was the hero for, for Fulham in the, the 89th, uh, 90th minute um, with a fantastic header to uh, to snatch the points. But um, Fulham were 2-0 up. Brentford came back to 2-2. And then Mitrovic, the hero in the end. But uh, fantastic, pulsating uh, West London derby, that one. What about the Matildas, Mossy? I think they play Sweden. Yep, that's right. In November? The, the Sweden, Sweden game's been announced uh, in... Um, in Melbourne for November uh, November 12th uh, at Amy Park, which will be uh, another step in the uh, the dance towards the, um, the the World Cup next year. Um, and they've also got uh, games against Canada coming up in September. Uh, one of which is in Sydney, the other uh, up in Brisbane. So uh, a lot of lot of things happening around the national teams, our Matildas and Socceroos, uh, as we wait with bated breath the. Uh, the games for the Socceroos against New Zealand in September as well before they head off to the World Cup in November in Qatar and the Matildas' quest for uh, going deep, deep, deep into that tournament uh, that we're going to host next year, the World Cup. Um, the, the preparation's really stepping up with Tony Gustafsson, the coach, uh, moving to Australia too for the first time in uh, in a couple of weeks. 
Now, Michael's just texting Mossy. Geez, Mossy really lifts a Liverpool supporter. Always negative in big games, but jumps on the bandwagon when they win. Dino, <laughs> give it to him. Is this true, Mossy? Are you too negative? He's down because we've had a stuttering start to the season. Well, I, you could call it negative. You can call it realistic. They haven't been in good form to start the season, but I take your point. Um, and that's, that, that is what I love about being connected with this show, is the educa- the, the, uh, our highly educated listeners, and they actually listen. Oh, and they give and it to us, not, don't worry. They're, they're not afraid to give it to us, exactly. It's great fun, yeah. Hey, just a quick one, Mossy. Um, just for Brisbane, they've got to go to pass the post. But, Mossy, we need... Your multi for the weekend. I did mention earlier there's some big games coming up, not to mention that Man U Liverpool game on Tuesday morning. I think it is, Mossy. Yeah, that's right, Tuesday morning. But I am going to put my hand up here. My tipping has been woeful to start the season. So I've got uh, a philosophy about that. that. I've got a philosophy about that. Every time you back a loser, you're one step closer to backing a winner, Mossy. That's <laughs> well, a punter's anyway, confidence. Got to uh, keep it. <laughs> let's turn it around with this one, Ray. It's a four-legger. Yep. I'm going to go with Chelsea into Man City. Into Liverpool, into West Ham. Okay, so Chelsea take on Man City. No, start again, sorry. Chelsea, where are they? Against Leeds, sorry. Then uh, Man City against Newcastle, Liverpool against Manchester United, and West Ham against Brighton. Hey, Mossy, do your good things. Good on you guys. Take care. Have a great day. There's Phil Moss talking the world of football. Here's the news. Hello, I'm Sarah Wombey. Fraudsters are targeting the federal government's pandemic leave disaster payment scheme. Zach De Silva has the details. $10 million worth of pandemic leave claims have been rejected due to fraud concerns over the last two years, while $12 million in disaster relief payments has been stopped from going to scammers this year alone. Criminals are illegally claiming the $750 pandemic leave payment for casual workers using fake identities. Nearly a 1,000 criminal investigations are now underway. Government Services Minister Bill Shorten has told nine newspapers a first line of defence of fraud checks is saving the government time and money. Meantime, a leading study into COVID-19 could have authorities rethinking how long those with the virus are most infectious. Researchers from London's Imperial College monitored 57 people who had tested positive while they were at home. More than two-thirds of them were still infectious five days after first showing symptoms, while one in five were infectious beforehand. Residents in the New South Wales Hawkesbury region have gathered to discuss more immediate solutions to ease the flood risk. One idea floated is to leave the Warringamba Dam wall where it is but reduce the water level to delay the flood peak. University of New South Wales' Professor Stuart Khan says it would force a rethink on Sydney's reliance on Warragamba for drinking water. But if you do do that, you need to make sure that you replace Sydney's drinking water supply security through other sources like more seawater desalination. A second Queensland police officer who allegedly made a lewd comment at a leadership conference has taken leave. The commissioner has sought legal advice about her options in relation to the officer. It comes following the resignation of Deputy Commissioner Paul Taylor earlier this week for similar allegations. Police investigating the shooting incident at Canberra Airport last weekend are urging witnesses to come forward. A man has been charged with opening fire in the terminal. No one was injured. They're asking anyone who was in or around the check-in area early Sunday afternoon to contact Crime Stoppers.
Young leaders from across New South Wales are gathering for day two of the Regional Youth Task Force Alumni Summit. 50 young leaders are workshopping a broad range of issues affecting the regions. Minister for Regional Youth Ben Franklin says it's important for these people to have a voice. We want to ensure that young people in the regions have the support and the structures that they need uh, so that they can live fulfilling healthy lives. And the only way we can do that is to actually listen to young people and hear what they have to say and what, what they actually need. So that's what these two days is about and it's frankly a privilege to uh, to listen to their, their incredible ideas. And Greece has ended 12 years of fiscal surveillance by the EU. It was a condition of a bailout worth hundreds of billions of euros. Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsakakis. Our country exits the EU's enhanced surveillance framework in the most official way. A 12-year cycle that brought pain to citizens now closes. It brought stagnation to the economy and division in society. But now a new clean horizon emerges, one of development, unity and prosperity for all. That translation thanks to the BBC. This is Air News. There were three high-scoring games of NRL yesterday to continue round 23. Terry Daniel reports. The Sydney Roosters thrashed the West Tigers in what is likely to be the final game of NRL played at the SCG. Sydney took home the victory 72 points to 6. And the Cronulla Sharks crushed the Manly Sea Eagles at Brookvale Oval 40 points to 6. Meantime, the Parramatta Eels had a big win over the Canterbury Bulldogs, 42-6 in a welcome return to the NRL winner's circle. But Eels coach Brad Arthur says it will mean nothing if they can't continue that form. I'm sick of seeing what we can do. We want to see it from them all the time. I mean, the, the want was really there today, but we need to make sure we're backing that up again next week because we know what we can do. We can't be that team anymore. What, you know, We can do this. We need to be the team that wants to do it. Terry Daniel, Air Sport. In AFL, the Gold Coast Suns have smashed North Melbourne by 67 points. It's the second year in a row the Kangaroos have finished the home and away season on the bottom of the ladder. Port down to Adelaide 111 to 55. Richmond beat Essendon 141 to 75. Geelong beat West Coast 131 to 46. And the Dockers kept their top four hopes alive, taking down GWS 89 to 69. Will Davison has won the opening race of the weekend at the Sandown Super Sprint. And in rugby, the Wallaroos have been outclassed by the Black Ferns 52 to 5 in Christchurch. Australian Independent Radio News. Foreign-owned bookies like Sportsbet and Ladbrokes are taxed less than other Australian gambling products. Support our call for fair play. Visit fairplaycoalition.com.au for more details. Authorised by Aussie Fair Play Coalition Proprietary Limited, Melbourne. Mum, if I walked into kitchens and laundries all around Australia, what would I see? Someone calling the police. <laughs> no, Mum, hypothetically. Oh, Westinghouse. Yes, because Australians have trusted Westinghouse appliances for over 60 years. They are so reliable. And right now you'll save up to $300 on selected Westinghouse kitchen and laundry appliances at Bingley. It's only for a short time. Save up to $300 on Westinghouse at Bingley. And I won't let Lano go into your kitchen. Bingley, better living every day. Wherever you are in New South Wales, Sky Sports Radio's there too. On Braidwood, 87.6 FM. Maruya, 98.5 FM. Parks, 99.9 FM. And Jindabyne, 102.7 FM. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. 
save up to 50% off at Oz Design Furniture on a huge range of selected sofas, dining, living, homewares, and more. Sale must end tomorrow at Oz Design Furniture. T's and C's apply. Ian Bexley Emergency Roadworks on Forest Road near Bayview Street after an earlier collision has one or two southbound lanes closed. Parramatta Roadworks on Wild Avenue northbound between Phillips Street and Victoria Road. Five Dock Great North Road will be closed between Queens Road and Lions Road all day today due to a special event. And in Beverly Hills, slow on King George's Road heading northbound at the Southwestern Motorway. It's a must win for the Raiders against the Knights. Get all your Sunday footy today from 3pm live and free on 9 and 9 now. The only place for every NRL finals game. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. We'll start with Sydney, mostly sunny and 18 degrees. In Melbourne, partly cloudy and 15 Brisbane, partly cloudy, heading for a top of 21 degrees. In Perth, partly cloudy also and 20 degrees. Adelaide waking to morning fog, heading for a top of 16 in Adelaide. Hobart, cool, partly cloudy and 13 degrees. Darwin, mostly sunny and 33 degrees. And for my good friend Ian Mackay, in the, waking up in the nation's capital, Canberra. Couldn't help myself. <laughs> yeah, couldn't help myself. Morning frost, partly cloudy, top of 13 in Canberra. Coruscant skips out and goes to Martin. He scores the try. I fool them all. The minor premiership wrapped up, but the big prize is still to come. What tennis Lesniak has his pants pulled down, and the Cowboys have another one. Well, they're lining up on the left side here. Moses, the kick, not again. Brown. Oh my goodness. Oh yes, Moses Brown. What a combination. Dennis and Boylan and Hines with a great. It is a cricket score. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back for our final hour. Very shortly, Dino, we are joined by a true legend of Australian sport. Really looking forward to talking to to Mike Cleary. He's one of only four Australians who's represented their country in different in three sports at least. So, and he's had an extraordinary career on and off the playing field. Tanya with the sports update as well. Phil Buzz Rother will join us a little later in this hour with all the latest league news and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the open line. 135353 SMS 0419767272. We have had some issues with our digital radio but I think they've been uh, rectified for our listeners out there. And Dino, you've got an update on the quiz. You know what, Ray? Mm-hmm. The innuendo, the allegations. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> And the acrimony and vitriol directed at me over the quiz. I've had enough. What are you going to do? I am officially taking a week off from the quiz. Seriously? Tanya will be stepping into my seat next week. Oh, It'll pressure. be Thomas v. Thomas. A bit like Kramer versus Kramer, the movie. But that didn't is, end well, Kramer that versus didn't Kramer. Well. But I will <laughs> be, doing? with Steve Producer, making up the questions. Oh, so all I'm going to say to you, Ray, is that <laughs> I will be making up Tanya's questions and yours, as will Steve. So you can expect that your questions may just be a little bit more difficult than what Tanya gets. I can imagine. I've that. had enough. <laughs> I quit the quiz. Tanya's in next week. You've got a bit of feedback on the SMS and, yeah, and, and it's not Twitter. Pleasant. Yeah, it's not pleasant. So what's the score now? Tom is... Well, if I gave you five, it's now 23 to 10. Gee. So something's got to give here. I stopped the fight. Huh? Giddy up. 
almost stopped the fight. Yeah. So Tanya steps in next week. Tanya steps in. Oh, the pressure. It'll be a week of hell and if of you judgment. win, there might be some no talkies in the car going home. They're probably. We never got to that stage. We never had a blue. You're missing out. <laughs> now, look, we're going to move on because I'm really looking forward to talking to our next guest, Mike Cleary. He played 140 games for, for South Sydney, 13 for the Roosters. He represented New South Wales on 11 occasions. He played for his country in eight test matches in rugby league. He also played for the Wallabies in six test matches, a former uh, Galloping Greens at Randwick and New South Wales representative in rugby union as well. And he also won a bronze medal at the 1962 Commonwealth Games in Perth for the 100 yards. He was a multi-talented sportsman, went on to an extraordinary career after he finished sport. And it's a great honour to have Mike Cleary on the show this morning. Mike, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us, Mike. And when I was talking to Dino that I was going to ask you to come on, I was looking back through your career and do you sometimes look back and realise what you achieved on the sporting field, Mike? No, I don't really. I just, every time a door's open, I just took it. I uh, I think yeah, I'm 82 now. I was born on the 30th of April 1940 and I, I went to Waverley College and I was, I had two conditions that weren't even defined. They used to call me a hypoactive slow learner. It turned out to be ADD and dyslexic. Okay. So yeah. I I just took my steps with it that I could, and I I was always running, always. As a young fellow, no one could catch me. The milkman couldn't catch me. Mum and Dad couldn't catch me. There's one time their mum hit me with a pill because I had rotten tooth and I wouldn't go to the dentist. Every time I went to the dentist, I'd run away. So I took these pills and I got my bicycle and I was running down to Bondi and on the way back from Bondi, I kept hitting the gutter. I wondered what was wrong with me. And when I went to go into the driveway, I hit the corner post. There was a, a, a pill to knock me out. I, I finished up. I woke up in the lounge room about six hours later with about seven teeth out of my mouth. <laughs> but, you know, that's the sort of fellow that I was. I, I just, I ran, I just took off. I mean, I, I, I started at Hardy Street, Dover Heights, and then Dad built a mansion at uh, 17 Rodney Street, Dover Heights, which was right opposite the police barracks. Well, not the police barracks, the army barracks the yeah. war was on. Yeah. And we we lasted 12 months in there, and we finished up getting evicted because <laughs> my elder brother, Bobby, uh, taught us SOS, and when the blackouts were on, we were sending SOS signals out the window. So the uh, <laughs> army got evicted and said, you're out. <laughs> You can't do that. He said, I've got five kids. He said, well, you're out. So he went to his local member, and the local member said, Arthur, you better get out there as quick as you can. Those imbecile kids of yours have been sending SOS signals when the blackouts were on. So they moved us down to a Buglia Street, which was down the road, but away from the cliff face. Mm. And we stayed there during the war. So, you know, it was a, an active life. I I ran around Dover Heights like I owned the place, and uh, no one could catch me. I just, just, just ran, ran, ran. Mm. Went to school at Waverley College when I was seven. And uh, I remember, I remember the school assembly in 1948. Brother Lacey, all on the tennis court, which is now the swimming pool at Waverley College. And uh, there's a fellow called Morris Carotta was brought walked mm. back to the school, and uh, they were honouring him because he was going to the 1948 Olympics in the 440. And I can remember this, and I said, "Gee, I wonder one, one day if I could do that." They gave him a, a travelling bag and a, and a carry case. And uh, that's when it all started, I suppose. Like, you know, I started interest in sport. Mm. Mike, that's a tough start for yeah. you as a kid, but you must have, we well, must have had an incredible amount of 
resilience mm. to achieve what you did in so many different codes and, of course, I in politics at the end. It was part of life. I thought I just had to do it. Mm. Uh, up to 13 years of age or 12 years of age, actually, they could not catch me. They couldn't beat me, whether it was handball, whether it was boxing, whether it was anything. I, uh, but then I didn't grow. Mm. I remember at, at 13 years of age, I went into, an, into a 75-metre race and I ran under the tape. I was that small. And from 13 to 16, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even get in an in 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 eighth grade side. I couldn't even, everyone could catch me then. But then at 17, 17, I went to, uh, again, at Waverley College, a, a racing carnival, and I did a 10.800. This is at 16, Jeez, 17 years quick. of age. Yeah, and I thought, gee whiz, what's it? Oh, it's coming back. It's coming back the next year. At 17, I went in the Cardinals Cup at the cricket, at the sports ground, and I won the Cardinals Cup in 9.8. Mm. It was unheard of. And I said, oh, it's back, it's back. So I was in the first 15, I was in the first 11. I was back boxing champion, I was handball champion. I could do anything I wanted to do, I could do again. Mum mum used to say to me, listen, son, you'll be okay. I've never seen a small man with big feet. I've only got size 10, so. And then you grew. (laughs) You know, I grew and and, and everything came back to me. Exactly. Then I I was offered a scholarship to go to Stanford University in California. And uh, I thought, oh, gee whiz, I don't want to go over there. It's too far away. I mean, it took about four days in a constellation. I'd never left home and I was pretty close to my mum and dad. So, uh, you know, I rejected that scholarship and it was when Wally Maher and Cyril Towers came into my man, old man's shop at Bondi Junction. It was a men's store, menswear store. And uh, they asked me if they come to Ramwick. So Dad said, oh, I don't know. So when he came home, he said, do you want to go and play for Ramwick? I said, oh, all right, I'll go and play for Ramwick. This is 1969. So I went down there, thought I'd get in third grade, finish up in first grade. And that year I finished up with 39 tries and I, I've got a club record of eight tries in one game against Eastwood. So, eight tries, yeah. Uh, and you played for the Wallabies. It's amazing in, how it happened. Yeah, and you played for the Wallabies in 1961, just a couple of years later. That was the, the era, Mike, obviously, of, of amateur sport was big. And um, obviously, were, were you thinking then of the Commonwealth Games in Perth in 1962? Because you didn't go to rugby league until... After the Com Games, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, no, what I was, I was actually thinking of the Olympic Games. Okay. I wanted to go to the Rome Olympics in 1960. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a, had a problem that no one could, again, dissect. They didn't know what it was. And uh, Dad sent me to a doctor in Macquarie Street, who, and I told him the situation. I said I was falling asleep in the car when I, I was out selling shirts then. I was, and uh, I'd, I'd fall asleep in the car. And he said, oh, I'm not sure what you've got. He said, I'll give you this tablet to take an hour before you race. Mm. So I said, okay. I took the tablet and went back to him. It had no effect. I said, doctor, no effect. I said, what was it? He said, it was Benzedrine. I said, oh, crikey. Thank God they didn't do tests then. I was all right. (laughs) But he said he got glandular fever. So I missed the Rome Olympics. And uh, funny enough, there was a match race at uh, at Ramwick Racecourse for the the people who were selected, uh, Jim McCann and... uh, Dennis Tipping and those people like that. And um, mm. I'd finish up beating them at the, at the match race, but of course it was all over, it all had been picked. So when I when I went to, went to Ramwick and uh, and I played against Fiji, and in that particular game, I got knocked out. I was marking Joe Lavula. I got knocked out by a Wissi Daiwai who was a setter. 
and they dragged me to the sideline and I came to and I went back on the field and got three tries. And I think that was what, what, what so I believe, Joe Maloney from South City, that inspired him. He said, well, if a bloke can get knocked out like that and then come back and get three tries, he's got to be have ability. Mm. So I got St George offered me, Canterbury offered me, and Joe Maloney offered me from South. And uh, I rang my father and I said, Dad, they want to talk to me. He said, well, you bring them down to our home. You don't go to their boardroom. You get them on, on our territory. Good advice. Yeah, came to the yeah. house. And we lived at Darling Point then, right on the water, quite an exclusive area. And then Joe said, well, I can give you a 1000 quid. I said, what for? He said, to, to play with South. I said, no, I can't I can't take any money. I said, I, I've got to, I want to go to the Commonwealth Games because I miss the Olympics. And then Joe said, well, you can play for nothing if you want to. So I said, oh, all right, what do I do? He said, well, you've got to sign here, but you're not getting any money. I said, oh, okay. Everyone thinks Dad got the money, but no one got the money. I signed a declaration <laughs> that I uh, I had I was an amateur. Actually, that year, too, I ran a, won a Frank Hyde Award, which was a Seiko watch. Now, the watch was worth 25 quid, which was $50. I couldn't take it because the limit amount of money you could take as an amateur was yeah, 18 yeah. pounds, $36. So I, I gave the watch to the secretary of the club and everything like that. So, you know, I kept my amateur status. I saw, I finished the 62 tour after playing Great Britain. And uh, then I went over the Commonwealth Games. And, and that was another interesting time for me because uh, I had these beautiful pair of spikes, which had inch-and-a-half spikes. They were solid uh, kangaroo made by a fellow called Smith at a place called Lilydale Street at Marrickville. And I, I, on the Cinder's track, I was warming up. I was okay. I went to Geraldton the week before the games, a little match, and uh, I, I, I ran a 9.3, which was a world record. I beat a fellow called David Jones from England and did the same thing in the 220. This is on grass at the showground mm. of, of Geraldton. But when we came back for the games, they let us on the track then. They wouldn't let us on the track beforehand. And... Uh, we're on a tight tartan track, and I don't know what a tartan track is. No one had told me what it was. It finished up as this concrete base with synthetic grass top. And I've got these inch and a half spikes. I'd never heard of Adidas or Puma or anything like that. And here's the fellas from England and Canada, and them. they're taking their spikes off, they're winding them out. They've got Adidas and Puma spikes, and they're putting the little cricket subs in there. I, no one even told me to go to the garage and have them ground down. So, but in any case, I did a 9.4 in the heat. Then I finished up uh, getting through to the final. And we're going out on the Saturday for the final and on your market. My spikes, my spikes were, were rat, rat, they were rat, they were gone. Mm. They were twisted and all sorts of things. But in any case, I got beaten by Serafino Anteo from Kenya. He did it at 9.6. Tommy Robinson from Bahamas was second. And I'm sitting on the grass with a fellow called Gary Holsworth taking off my spikes. And up on the notice board, it came Serafino Anteo from Kenya first, Tom Robinson, Bahamas second, and then Gary Holsworth from Australia third. And I said, oh. And uh, he'd gone. He got up and left. Mm. So it didn't matter. I just, on the Thursday, we're going out for the 220 final. I thought, I'll, give it, I'll get a medal here because I. David Jones, who I beat at Geraldton, but I didn't realise my spikes were in such bad condition that it wouldn't help me at all. But we on our mark, and then the announcement comes out, stand up, stand up. So up we stood. And uh, a ground announcement says, ladies and gentlemen, the judges review the photo finish. 
It's Cleary from Australia, third, not Holsworthy. Ah. So the, the medal, it's Cleary's. And it says, on your mark, and I'm shaking like a leaf. I think I came in fifth, so, you know, I couldn't, after that I couldn't run. But I went on to TV. Won your medal, yeah. <laughs> you know, I went on a TV actually on the on a Saturday before the Thursday, before the 2.20. I was with Serafino, I was with Cerati, uh, Herb Elliott, and Tony Madigan, a mate of mine. And that Saturday, they showed the, the, the relay, and someone made a comment. They said, they've given the medal to the wrong person. I said, oh, yeah. So they played it about six times that day on the Saturday, and then that's what happened on the Sunday, That uh, on the well, Thursday, when, when the 220 was on, that they reversed the, the decision. You finally got the medal. <laughs> got the medal, but I don't know where, where it came from. Gary had sent his home to his mother, so, so they couldn't get that one, but they found the whole one, and... When you roll it over, you can see where they've scraped someone's name off it and they put my name on. <laughs> hey, Mike, I might take you forward to Souths. Yes. Uh, you're involved in a wonderful era, premiership-winning mm. side, superstars of the game. But I did want to ask you about Clive Churchill, the immortal. What was he like as a coach and, and, and as a bloke for those that the just magic, didn't know him? The magic of Clive was that he could keep people happy. The best coach was Bernie Purcell. He was a tactician and he talked. Mm. Clive... Used to crack jokes and make you laugh, make you be contented, and Sattler used to used to control us then. But 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 Clive Clive kept us very very happy, and that's how he was such a friendly place. You know that's the only game of rugby league I've ever seen was I went to with my brother to the cricket ground in 1958, and I saw South's play St George. I'd never seen a game of rugby league. I didn't even know how it was. I didn't know a rule. Didn't know anything about it. Mm. But I saw Clive Churchill play that day, and I saw, I saw Carney play and Proven. Um, so, but I can still remember that. But uh, Clive was an outstanding man. He was such a such a gentleman. Yeah. It, Mike, is it unfair to ask you, given as Dino said, you played in that extraordinary era era at South Sydney? Is it unfair to ask you the best player you played with or against? The best player I played against, mm. or with, yeah. Well, the best player I played against, of course, McCarthy, Cooch, Sadler, those people are the best I've played with. The best, mm-hmm. the best I've ever played against are two people. One was Kenny Catchpole from, from yeah, rugby, yeah, yeah. and the other was Johnny Raper. I mean, there was Reg Gasnier, there was Langners. They were brilliant. But those two had a, a unique thing about them. They could ascertain what was going to happen on the field. They could read the football. Mm-hmm. And like I remember in South Africa, Catchpole said to me now, Michael, I want you to come round, come come with me. I'm going to go blind, and I'm, your winger will come and get me, and I'll give you the ball, and you'll try. You'll get a try, and that's what happened. And I can still remember Raper when I got taken up for New South Wales played Queenslander, and Raper said to me one day, "I'll break from the scrum. I'll take the ball. Come with me. I'll, I'll go between the centres. I'll give you the ball. You'll <laughs> score a try." And that happened. And they they could read every little idiosyncrasy that every player had, and they used to assess it very quickly. So that, that, to me, they were the two best players I played played against or with. Yeah. Mike South Sydney this year, um, no doubt you keep an eye on the footy. They're coming good, albeit they got beaten narrowly by the Panthers this weekend. Can they win the premiership? Oh, they can the way they're going. Yes, they're throwing the ball around, which is which is which is the game. I love it when they come when they come to the left field because uh, Johnson looks getting the ball there and he can he can score tries anyway. He's he's brilliant. I love him. Mm. But uh, as long as they keep passing the ball around and let the ball do the work, that's one of the things that Bernie Purcell taught us. You let the ball do the work. You can mm. belt the hell out of it; it doesn't feel any pain. You can kick it; and it doesn't feel anything. So let it do the work. Don't get caught with the ball. That's mm. the trick of it all. Exactly. Um, Mike, your, your career as a footballer finished in 90, 1971. 
you entered politics and had a, a lengthy career in New South Wales politics. You were New South Wales sports minister, the racing minister, a number of high-profile portfolios. But as, as a kid, I remember you also as the host of World Championship Wrestling. And, and I didn't realise this when I was doing our research for this segment, but at the time, it was the highest-rating sports show on Australian TV. That's how popular it was, Dino. I remember um, Mike Mario Milano and and um, Bulldog um, Brower, Haystack Kowloon, all these extraordinary names. Killer Carl Cox. The Killer Carl Cox. Yeah, what was that era like of World Championship Wrestling? Hey, that, was, that was incredible. It was, yeah. a, it was a fun. I mean, Jim Barnett was the promoter and I used to go to the wrestling on a Friday night with Don Lane, who became a yep. very good friend. We lived at Darling Point, so we, I'd go and pick Don like up. Yank. Walk across, walk, walk across Rushcutters Bay to the stadium. Mm. And this particular day, they introduced me at the ring, uh, the ringside, and they got a cheer, and Don got a cheer, and then someone else in the crowd got a cheer. And Jim Barnett approached me and said, I didn't know you were so popular. He said, uh, <laughs> how, would you like to, how would you like to join the wrestling? I said, I'll oh, turn it up. I can't do that. And... Two days, or three weeks later, he had another crack at me and said, would you, would you come and commentate? Mm. I said, I don't know anything about it. He said, look, everything is the lock. An arm lock, head lock, wrist lock, leg lock, whatever it might, might yeah. be. And, and, and uh, Roy Heffernan was, a, was an old Australian referee, and he had a chart which had all the wrestling holes on them. So I studied the chart, and that's when I got into, into Channel 9 doing that. He said, now, it used to change, as you said, it used to used to rate about a 14, which was a marvellous rating in the, in, the, in the 12 o'clock on Saturdays and Sundays. Yep. And then uh, we'd, Ron Casey had come in. But no, it was good times. But I had to learn. They never taught me anything. I just had to realise what was going on and, 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 and work, work my own idea. So I did. And it was, it was fun. It was, it was great, good yeah. money too. You know, it was about $500 a week they used to give me then. Wow. It was exciting to watch well, it. Well, we were in quids, weren't we? We weren't quids. Yeah. Oh, no, dollars. We were in dollars. Yeah, dollars. Yeah, no, it was exciting to watch it. And just finally, Mike, you joined the Labor Party in 1965. You became a member for Coogee in 74. You were in state politics right through to 1991. Why? <laughs> well, uh, how I got into politics was, again... Uh, South Sydney had gone into receivership and uh, a fellow called Joe Redden had, had, had asked for a, a meeting with myself, my father, and, and uh, Bernie Purcell and Jack Purcell and a few other gentlemen to form a committee to try and get South out of receivership. Mm-hmm. And it was then when Pat Hills, back at that meeting, and I was with Don Lane too again, and Pat said to me, Bernie, have you ever thought of going to politics? I said, oh, I'm not interested. Turned mm-hmm. up, I in politics. And then um, Don tugged my coat. He said, hey, Mike, don't, don't miss this opportunity. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're 32 years of age, you've got no degrees, and you've, you know, you've got a good job, but he said, you've got nothing nothing to your name. So I said, all right, Pat, yeah, okay, I'll have a go. He said, I said, what do I do? He said, you've got a sign here. I said, what am I doing then? He said, you're going for the seat of Coogee. <laughs> of I was played for Ramwick, and Dad was in yeah. Bondi Junction. I knew everyone in the area, and uh, I rang my brother, Dennis, I said, Dan, I'm going to go into politics. He said, that's a great oh, great for you. He said, about that time he did something with a bit of substance. <laughs> he said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to run for the seat of Coogee for the Labor Party. He went, oh, Christ. I said, what do you mean, oh, Christ? He said, i got pre-selection tomorrow for the Liberal Party for the seat of Coogee. <laughs> what happened then? And Dennis, Dennis was at New South Wales heavyweight amateur boxing champion. Mm. He was captain of the surf club. He was playing for Ramwick and playing for New South Wales. I said, I rang Pat. I said, I can't. 
run against my brother. He said, oh, you got it, you got it. I said, I can't. I said, we'll be belting hell out of each other in Belmore Road. I said, we'll be stouts. I said, I'm not going to run against him. And they didn't pick him. Ah, oh, okay. So, hence your well, long career. Yeah, long career in politics. And when you retired in 1991, in 1992, you were given the officer of the Order of Australia for your services to New South Wales Parliament. You also. Hang on, I can't hear the phone Hang on. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. That's right. I'm just, I'm just going through some of your awards, including the Australian Sports Medal, and you're inducted in the Australian Sport Hall of Fame in 1999. Look, Mike, we've only scratched the surface. It's been an extraordinary 20 minutes or so. We we probably have to do this again, Mike, because there's so much more to talk about. But really appreciate you coming on a show on a Sunday morning. Oh, I'd like to talk to Ray about some of the racing problems I had, yeah, because he, he, was, he was writing it. Yeah, I know. I, I met you many, about 1991, yeah. I think it Mate, was. listen, right? it's a pleasure talking to you. If you want to do it again, I'm only too pleased. Terrific. Okay? Thanks Thank so much, Mike. Mike. I've got to go. Ta -da. Thanks for your time. <laughs> How about that? I, Who I was more important than us? Who was that person on the other he's, phone? He's got things to do, people to go to. Yeah. I remember watching World Championship Wrestling. Do you ever watch it? Uh, I remember Black as a and kid white growing days. up. Yeah, it on Channel amazing. 9, was it? Yeah, yeah, certainly it was Channel 9, and Mike Cleary was a host. I can't remember who he co-hosted with, but it, it, it was extraordinary stuff. Absolutely loved it. But that was Mike Cleary. He is a true legend of Australian sport. We better take a break. This is Nadine Owen Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Jockey turned trainer Luke Price. I'll never forget when I was 14 years old, Alan Robinson um, rode 200 winners for the season on one of my grandfather's horses, State Control. And I was grabbing and he took me into the jockey's room and back then he was a cult hero, cult figure. He was such an inspiration and I, I love the bloke. He, he really um, inspired me to be a jockey. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. Experience the thrill of racing on Tab Everest Day at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country, races back and gives you the chance to win a share in $2 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the Tab app. The Kosciuszko. Tickets on sale now. Entry open to New South Wales residents only. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. Racing New South Wales authorised under New South Wales permit number GOCSC 1051. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers Help 1800 858 858. Mum, do you know the difference between OLED, Ultra UHD, Neo QLED and 4K? Do you? Kim at Bingley Bell Conan does, Subham at Bankstown does and George at Moore Park does. Our stuff speak technology. Mum, you say dryer, they'll say heat pump, vented or condenser. You need a heater. They'll talk purifiers, humidifiers and dehumidifiers. And they always help you find the right one. Just talk to Keith at Rhodes, Emily at West Gosford, or any of our team at Bingley. Except Lando at the head office. Bingley, better living every day. If you've been in a car accident and it's not your fault, you've got rights. I didn't know that. Yes, you have a legal right to a car similar to the one you were driving. Just call Right to Drive right where you are. They'll arrange an accident loan car to be delivered to your door. It'll keep you on the road until your car's ready to be picked up from the repairers. And it's at no cost to you. I didn't know that either. So if you've had an accident with another car that's not your fault, remember righttodrive.com.au. Conditions apply. On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas.
was a painful night for the West Tigers and their fans last night. The Roosters defeated the Tigers 72 points to 6 after leading 30 nil at half time. It was the most points scored by a league team at the SCG and the Tigers' worst ever defeat. Of the Roosters' 12 tries, Nat Butcher scored 4 and it was a busy night for Sam Walker who kicked 12 goals. Cronulla won its first game on the Northern Beaches in 14 years, defeating Manly at Brookvale 40 points to 6. It was the Sea Eagles' fifth straight loss. Parramatta in control in the second half, leading Canterbury by 10 at half time, went on to win 42 points to 6 at Combank and in the first match of the NRLW season, the Premiers, the Roosters beat Parramatta 38-16 also at Combank. Today at 12 NRLW Dragons versus the Titans. St George Illawarra and the Gold Coast men play at 2, both those games in Wollongong. Newcastle and Canberra at 4.05, then the NRLW Knights versus Broncos at 6.10, both those games at McDonald Jones Stadium. In AFL, Essendon went down to Richmond 141-75. The Bombers board will meet today to discuss the future of coach Ben Rutten after they finished 15th. Port Adelaide 111 beat Adelaide 55. Fremantle in the top four after defeating the Giants by 20. Gold Coast annihilated the last place North Melbourne 114-47. A big win also for Geelong 131-46 over second last placed West Coast. Today the Swans are away to St Kilda. Around 90,000 expected at the MCG for Collingwood versus Carlton and Hawthorne take on the Western Bulldogs. Animo announced he could be racing's next big thing with a stunning comeback win in the Wink Stakes at Randwick yesterday. Animo capped a great day for Godolphin trainer James Cummings, who also prepared Zapatio to win the Group 3 Toy Show quality. Meantime, Australia's reigning horse of the year, very elegant, makes her European debut tonight in a Group 1 race over 2,000 metres at Deauville in France. Adam Scott is two off the lead after the third round of the BMW Golf International in Delaware this morning. A two under 69 sees the Aussie at 10 under par in a tie for fourth with Scotty Scheffler. Patrick Cantlay leads at 12 under. Xander Schaffelli and Scott Stallings are next at minus 11. The USA lead Australia 159 to 148 after the first night of pool competition at the Jewel in the Pool at the Aquatic Centre at Homebush. The night started off well with a win for the Aussie girls in the 4x100 mixed medley relay featuring Emma McKeon and Molly O'Callaghan. Kayleigh McEwen earned points winning the 100 backstroke before the US fought back later on in the night. Tonight includes the men's 4x100 freestyle relay as well as a world first with a mixed relay that includes able-bodied and para-athletes. Royal Davison dominated from pole to finish to take out the first race yesterday of the Supercars round at Sandown. His first win at the Victorian track in 12 years and second of the season. Davison dedicated his win to the memory of his late friend Paul Green. At the MotoGP in Austria, Aussie Jack Miller has qualified third for tonight's race. Arsenal swept in aside Bournemouth away 3-0 to continue its perfect start and rise to the top of the English Premier League table. It's the first time the Gunners have won their opening three fixtures since the 2004-05 season. In other matches, Tottenham won, Wolves nil, Crystal Palace 3, Aston Villa 1, Everton and Nottingham Forest 1 all, three, Fulham 3, Brentford 2, Leicester 1, Southampton 2. 
Alexander Yusik has defeated Anthony Joshua to defend his WBA, IBF, WBO and IBO World Heavyweight Boxing titles this morning in Saudi Arabia in a split decision. The Ukrainians' footwork, fitness and speed too good for Joshua. And boys at the bell, Yusik fell to his knees after an emotional few months in which he has fought for his country in the war in Ukraine. Russia. Yeah, extraordinary. With it? Russia. I yeah. apologise, with Russia. <clears throat> Bloody hell, Ukraine, yeah. you know. 20 and 0. That's, that's what bucket list item, Tam. Go to a heavyweight title fight. It's supposed to be a ripping fight. Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to go to a heavyweight title fight once. Yeah, not a huge fan of boxing, um, oh, but I, yeah. I do certainly see the the athleticism yeah. and the skill involved. So during the week, boys, it was reported that LeBron James has agreed to a terms to of a two year extension um, with his contract with the Lakers worth just a paltry one hundred and forty million Australian dollars. He needs some money. Too. He needs some money. Yeah. <laughs> so that includes a player option for the two thousand twenty four twenty five season. So that two year extensions for twenty two twenty three twenty three twenty four yeah. and a, a an option for twenty four twenty five, which could see him playing with his seventeen year old son in the NBA. As a rookie, he's a gun, isn't he? He's son? a good. He's, yeah. I've I've watched YouTube uh, clips yeah. of Bronny yeah. LeBron. Um, he's, that's his real name, but they call him Bronny. Yeah. Um, for since he's about thirteen, he's a gun, and he's he? extraordinary. Yeah. He's yeah. he's seventeen now. He's in his last year at high school. He's um, six foot three. LeBron's six foot nine, so he looks short compared to <laughs> LeBron dad. to his dad. But um, six foot three, yeah. Imagine uh, the pressure he's under. Yeah. It, it, yeah, that'd be the only thing that would affect the young bloke. Yeah, yeah. He's suffocating. And and LeBron is at a lot of his games, so that would intimidate. Um, him as well as probably everyone else that's yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. No, wouldn't that be amazing? But some sons do come through. Gary Ablett Senior, probably the greatest of all time. Gary Ablett Junior, freakish player. So yeah, yeah. Mitchell Pierce, Wayne Clearies. Pierce, correct. Yeah, yeah the Clearies. Yeah, can do it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Tim. Plenty of people want to have their say. Dino Rod's on the line with his NRL predictions for the finals. I dare say, Rod. Good morning. Boys, how are we? How are you, mate? Can the Sharkies go all the way, Rod? We'll talk about that in a minute. Bull, Bulldog. Yep. You there, mate? I've got you. Next time you're speaking to that Kalen's dad, don't call him Andrew or nothing. Just call him Peter. Peter on today. <laughs> anyway. That's actually very good. Shut, mate. His best advice I can give that bloke, mate, stay out of your son's life. Let him live it. Anyway. Let him live it, yeah. Just on, um, first of all, the grand final going nowhere. I'm absorbed with him. That's going nowhere. That's a strategic play by, strategic play by Mr. Valandis. He knows Labor's coming in. Don't his pockets. The stadium will be there. Now, you were talking before about my Sharks not being able to win the comp. Early in the year, I, I, I agreed. Uh, even later in the year, I agreed. One thing that a lot of people are not are forgetting about this rugby league is teams like North Queensland, Penrith, Cronulla, and even that fact, the Storm, they've known for the last four or six weeks they're going to be playing semis. They've had their semi-pre-season where they do no, do no ball work, no nothing but running. So they've been through that. My problem is the Roosters, who are the biggest danger outside the top eight, is they don't get the chance to have that. And that might come back to haunt them maybe in the second or the third week of the semis. My Sharks, their goal on defence is absolutely superb. It's the best in the league has been all year. I'm going back to that Penrith Cronulla game, Bulldog. You think about it, Penrith scored half to half time and on full time. Really, there wasn't much in that game. What people tend to forget is Penrith had 57% of the ball throughout the whole game. If Canale can turn that around and get 50% of the ball, the ball they're a massive yeah. chance. Yeah. 
Yeah, now they're in the ball game, and and Rod's right. They got such a good side, Nick, so well led by Nico Hines. Dale Finucane brings his experience. I, I think they're a massive chance to go all the way. Luke's there. Luke, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Terrific, Luke. What do you got for us, mate? Mate, uh, I just heard you boys talking about you know the players, yeah. you know, complaining to the refs all the time. Uh, I was at junior rugby league yesterday. You know, under tens and under twelves, kids and girls, they're doing the exact same thing. You know, they're mimicking their their heroes, their players they yeah, watch every weekend, yeah, yeah. and it's it's not. I don't think it's a good look on the game. And I think. It's what, what age was this, out. Luke? Sorry, what age was this? Under tens and under twelve. Dino, see, that's not good, is it? Luke, you're referring to waving their arms around, protesting to the referee. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I said it before on the show, and I've said it again this morning. Yeah. It's time that they are told to pull your heads in and stop trying to intimidate the referee. Yeah. Half the time they're waving it around, and there's no penalty there anyway, Luke. No, there is. And then when the referee doesn't do it when there should be a penalty, then they blow up again. They're the ones causing this indecision at times because they're trying to intimidate the referee and bully him into decisions. Leave your hands down and play your game and let the referee referee. Yeah, yeah they, they, they should exactly do that. But mm. the thing is, you know, kids today, they're mimicking Absolutely. the players. Absolutely. Of course with they do. Their, they're heroes. The way they dress, yep. you know, and the way they play on the field and they know, their tactics and, you know, the way they behave. Yeah, it's a really good thought-provoking call, Luke, and there's a message there for a lot of people. we better go to a quick break, but this is a little thought from Ray from Penrith. Really interesting. Dino, hi, Ray and Dean. With the possibility of the grand final moving from Sydney, I believe it'll affect club member numbers as well as a core membership. All memberships give supporters the first chance to buy grand final tickets. If we don't know the venue for the grand final, we may not renew our memberships. Good point from Ray from Penrith. Listen to Dino and Ray on a big sports breakfast weekend. The putters panel. I've logged on one here just because I want to be on it whenever it runs in the screen. I think Shorefly is going to progress through to being a really nice horse. I'm not sure where it ends up. Fascinated that he's gone back to the 1,400 metres and put J-Mac on. I just think that's an indication of how well the horse is going at home. And a Shorefire, the star, back with a bang. First up, ran down titanium power. The putters panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yucca, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Experience the thrill of racing on Tab Everest Day at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country, races back and gives you the chance to win a share in $2 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the Tab app. The Kosciuszko. Tickets on sale now. Entry open in New South Wales residents only. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. Racing New South Wales authorised under New South Wales permit number GOCSC1051. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Mum, if I walked into kitchens and laundries all around Australia, what would I see? Someone calling the police. <laughs> no, Mum, hypothetically. Oh, Westinghouse. Yes, because Australians have trusted Westinghouse appliances for over 60 years. They are so reliable. And right now you'll save up to $300 on selected Westinghouse kitchen and laundry appliances. Appliances at Bingley. It's only for a short time. Save up to $300 on Westinghouse at Bingley. And I won't let Lionel go into your kitchen. Bingley, better living every day. 
deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, which is rolled extra thin and a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. Yes, I'm talking about Garlo's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlo's pies are simply bursting with flavour, and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. Here's a thought. Take night off from cooking and grab a Garlo's family pie for the whole crew. They are available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. And remember, we are located in the chilled meal section, Raymond. Mm-hmm. If you can't find us, ask for Garlo's Pies by name. Garlo's Pies, they're thin on pastry, but they're big on meat. So the Roosters with Temera straight off the scrum. Sam Bremner, unselfish. And Fressard grabs a double. Well, she could have scored herself. She passed it to her winger. And now the Roosters have the try to put this result beyond doubt. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Uh, welcome back to the show. A number of our listeners have let me know. Jack Little, of course it was Jack Little. I remember him alongside Mike Cleary in World Championship Wrestling Days. And Sam Minica. I can't remember Sam Minica, but certainly remember Jack Little. I wonder if our next guest, he might remember. Phil Buzz Rothfield on the line. Buzz, good morning. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Remember those great days of World Championship Wrestling and Mike Cleary was the co-host? I remember him yeah. doing it alongside Jack Little, Buzz. Yeah, who was your favourite uh, fighter? I was a days? Mario Milano fan back then. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I liked the Mark Lewin sweeper hold. Yeah, Mark Lewin was a star. and Remember Haystack <laughs> Kowloon? Remember Haystack? Yeah, I remember in the office in Holt Street in the old days, I used to want to wander up behind Bulldog and put him in a sweeper hold. Just hold <laughs> I used to go to sleep just reading your copy. Oh, you can't oh, you? say that. <laughs> that was unnecessary. What about yesterday, guys, for footy? My goodness. What, what about last night, Buzz? Seriously, you've seen a lot of footy, 72-6. Um, I think a lot of our listeners today have said the Tigers clocked off. It was embarrassing for the club, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. I think the whole day, Ray, Super Saturday. Mm. I've named it Slaughter Saturday. Um um, you know, the Sharks beat Manly 40 to 6. The Eels beat the Bulldogs 42 6 before the um, humiliation at, at the SCG. Don't know about you guys, dogs, but it does raise questions with me about is there enough quality to fill 17 teams next year when you think about, you know, you've got to sit back and watch. We're going to see competitive football. We're not over. I'm really concerned about it. Yeah, I am too, Buzz. I think you're spot on. I think in this situation, though, I think teams are just clocked off who can't make the finals, Buzz. That's more down to a lack of professionalism, perhaps, rather than a lack of uh, depth yeah. in the playing pool. Yeah. Look, i tell you what I'm dirty on, and I, I reckon West Tigers fans who pay to go to Leichhardt, Campbelltown, uh, wherever they play, buy their memberships, buy their jerseys, buy their scarves. In my view, the West Tigers gave up on their season. They they gave up. They let Luciana Leilua go. They let David Nofaluma go. To a lesser extent, they let Oliver Gildart go. Then watching him score five tries in New South Wales Cup in his very first week at the Roosters. And that was a sign to me that they gave up on their year. They, they really did. Um I know Tim Sheen looks at it that it's short-term pain that will leave the salary cap and allow them to do more with their money next year. But could you imagine a corporation or a small business that's doing it tough, sort of shutting the doors for a few months and saying, oh, it's all sweet, we'll come back next year? I would have felt sick if I was a West Tigers fan 
watching both Leilua and Nofaluma score tries for Cowboys and Storm and celebrating with their new teammates. They're West Tigers players. That club has a responsibility to put their best 17 players on the park each and every week of the season. They're already without Luke Brooks and Jackson Hastings, sideline for the year. And it was the most shocking capitulation there last night. And take nothing away from the Roosters. They've told the league, they, they made a statement last night that they can win the comp from outside the top four. They are a wonderful football side. But I'm writing in the column tomorrow that there should be an asterisk in the history books. That that Roosters win, the biggest of all time, wasn't against a full strength. You know, on paper, it was a reserve grade side, at least. And um, do you agree with all this, Doc? Yeah, 100%, mate. They, they just put their cue in the rack, the West Tigers. It's not up to NRL standard. It's not what the club expects. It's not what the sponsors would expect. Fans. It's not what fans. the fans expect. You want people to sponsor the club and be members of the club, but why would you want to get involved? Why would you want to get involved? Buzz, I do want to ask you, though, you've written a very emotional and sensitive story today about Paul Green. I, I know it did yeah. affect you writing it. Um, yeah. Just run us through the story and how you feel about what you wrote. Um, it's a, It's been a really emotional few days, dog, to be perfectly honest. I'm friends with Craig Knuckles Greenhill and I uh, I checked in with him last week just to, to see how he was coping because he was closer to Paul Green than anyone else and he actually sent me a text and said, look, he's ready to tour. You know, he, it'd been probably 10 days since Greeny's tragic passing and but we spoke about a number of issues in, including mental health and Knuckles revealed that um, Paul had told him of, that he had dark thoughts not long after his retirement that had been there for quite some time. And and a lot of people have been left wondering whether they actually did enough and convinced him, you know, to, 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 to probably treat it more professionally and get more help. And it was a really, really difficult one to write, but I think it was a really, really important one. And I've spoken to... Craig Greenhill again this morning before I made I came on air just to check he's okay and I think he agrees that by telling this story and telling it so graphically and honestly and openly that there is a message there for all of us mm. that it's you know when when you got a mate who is struggling like that is is there more you can do and um, yeah Greeny had his moments, but he, he was also able to camouflage this and, and win his competitive and win win at that premiership. He uh, yeah made it, it. It was a really difficult story, and I feel even more for the family and their friends who have not have lost a great man and and the, the kids and wife that have been left behind. Um. Yeah, dog. It was it was a hard one to write. But and you did a great job, Buzz. Yeah. I think it was an important one, dog. It wasn't all about um, mental health. Um, there was the happier times, and the, you know there were a couple of they were mischievous couple of boys. You know when they were a bit younger at Cronulla and playing Origin and overseas trips and those sort of things. But he was very critical of. Him losing his job at the Cowboys, losing his job at the Storm, 
and how he described rugby league as a business that just spat him out. And I think that's the really important thing we've got to learn from this, that it's just to take a bit more care of people in and around the game in situations like this. And it's, it's a message. I, I think it's a really important message, right? Yeah, it's a message not just in rugby league, but it goes across all society, Buzz, and I think that's it's, it's a message that yeah. has to be told. Buzz, I'll change the mood a little, and I'll just say two words, and I want you to comment. Aidan Tippett. Sorry, Ray, the line just dropped. I missed that. Okay, I just wanted, I want to change the mood a little. You've written about a young fellow called Aidan Tippett, and this is heartwarming. I'll let you say the story, Buzz. Yeah, um, what a special young fella mm. Aidan is. He's 11 years of age, Ray, and he... Um, Ran the city of the surf last week, and he was first across the line in all the under twelves in the um, in the run. Uh, but he didn't do it for any other reason. Obviously, there's a lot of self pride involved and a lot of training involved. But this 11 year old wanted to raise money for medical research following the death of a young fellow, Rio James Fowler, mm. and there's a Rio's legacy. Uh, website uh, where anyone can donate, riosLegacy.org.au, uh, a young kid who uh, passed away far too soon. Uh, and, um, yeah, they're good stories, mate, when uh, you, you see, you know, young people doing, you know, great mm. charity like this. And they're, they're much nicer stories to write about, I'm no, sure. you. No, yeah. I enjoyed your piece in your What's the Buzz column in the Sunday Telegraph headline says, stop this fight. Judges <laughs> calls for gallon double header to yeah. be banned. Just run us through your story. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. Charlie Lucas has been a referee and a judge of world title fights around the world for 45 years. He phoned me on Friday night and said he didn't think the fight should be going ahead. And he said, all oh, you guys are writing, this is the first time someone has fought two men in one night is not exactly right. And he told some fantastic old stories. Back in the 30s and 40s, there was Leichhardt Stadium. It was near Parramatta Road. And there was Sydney Stadium at Rushcutters Bay. And on a Friday night, a boxer would turn up, have an early fight at Leichhardt, jump in his car and then head across to Rushcutters Bay to make a quick buck. You're like the old Jimmy Sherman uh, boxing yeah, tents, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, but anyway, that, that was outlawed. So, look, he's really critical of this fight going ahead. And the use of the word, the Edgar Brick will hit the fan if anyone gets hurt. He says it's not boxing. Um, and he thinks the combat sports authorities sh should not have allowed it to happen. Look, this isn't a fight. Uh, I've been critical of it. It, it, it. It's really not a fight. It's entertainment. And look, I spoke to Matt Rose about it last night. And here's the view that we've got to, for the sport to grow and for people to watch the Harry Gar sides of this world who are on the card, you, you've, you've got to make the whole night entertaining. It's a bit like how cricket changed. Mm. And we don't no longer just see our great players in creams. And they play under floodlights. They've got flashing bales and there's coloured clothing. And things are different. But look, as a boxing purist, I don't particularly like what's going on to see footballers um, getting a quick quid out of a show like this one. It's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a bit of a gimmick, isn't it? And, and I, as you said, Buzz, you hope no one actually gets 
seriously hurt in this because then it was massive dramas. Hey, Buzz, a couple of games to complete this weekend's round, and I'd really like to talk to you about particularly Newcastle-Canberra game at 4.05pm. It's all or nothing for the Raiders, Buzz. Yeah, it is um, all or nothing for the Raiders, and the door's been left open for them if they can win their last three games, despite the fact that uh, and against is very much against them, but Ricky Stewart has them primed. He's back in the coaching box, and uh, I would suggest they'll be far too strong for a really disappointing Newcastle Knights side there um, this afternoon at the McDonald Jones Stadium. Buzz, if the Raiders are to make it, which of those teams above them will miss out on the eight, do you think? Can you stop asking tough questions? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I guess the Broncos are vulnerable. Mm. Now, um, they've, they've got only a 21-plus for and against. But they'd have to lose their last two games and the Raiders would have to win two of their last three. Yeah. So I think that's the most likely scenario. I think the Rabbitohs and Roosters and definitely the Eels will hang on. So I think the Broncos is their only hope. Yeah. And Buzz- Guys, I thought you were going to start this tipping part of the uh, exercise by congratulating me on my Titan selection last week. Actually, it's very good, big odds. Good point, Dino. Buzz did stick his neck out last week. Got it wrong. Dean, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to applaud, but can we condemn when you get the other 50 wrong in the year or not? <laughs> can't have it both ways. So I exclusively revealed the Titan would win a very big odds with our friends on the TAB, okay? You're like certain Good journalists different. who get 25 stories wrong, but the one they get right, they say, well, I told you so. <laughs> Yeah, good on you. <laughs> you know what? I'll tip them again today. Against right? the Dragons? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I think the Dragons are done, Ray. Well, they are done. Yeah, they're Mathematically, done. everything they're done. What are, how many points are they on? 20. 20 yeah, they're yeah. They can't make it. And, um, I, tre- hope, treading I hope water. they don't play like the other sides that have done did yesterday. And, and I hope they put on a good performance at home. And, You'd think there's a bit of pride in the Red V jumper, wouldn't you, Buzz? Yeah, that's what you want, mate. That's what you want. I spoke to Anthony Griffin last week. He's doing a bit tough, actually. He doesn't have COVID. He had a horrible, horrible head cold when I spoke to him. And mm. He wants to finish the year, you know, bright and strong and start a, a big rebuild in the off-season. But, look, I think the Titans can grab them there this afternoon. Well, just for um, Buzz, the Dragons were dollar fifty-three head to head. The Titans are two dollars fifty, so that's good value in a two-horse race. The Knights are four dollars ten. The Raiders, to be fair, a dollar twenty-four. About right, Buzz. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. mate. I, I think um, I, I think uh, the Titans will win. Um, and as I said, I think the Raiders have got so much to play for. Yeah. Newcastle's been a tumultuous week, another tumultuous week, and. I think they're accusing the racks of the year. I really do. Yeah, you hope they play, as I said, for their jumper and for their fans and uh, today the Knights and put on a good showing. Hey, Buzz, as always, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and we'll talk next week. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks, Here's Buzz. Now. There's Buzz. Phil Buzz Rothfield talking all things NRL. Any last-minute changes? Dino, I've caught you on the hop there, haven't I? Uh, no, you haven't, Ray. Uh, Dragons, Titans, Wollongong, 2 p.m. Yep. Jaden Sullivan ready to return from a shoulder injury for the Dragons and the, the Titans. Brian Kelly goes out, replaced by Patrick Herbert. And Knights Raiders, that's at Newcastle, 405. Ray David Clemmer should be back from a knee injury. That would push Jacob Saifidi back into the lock position. And for Canberra, Joseph Tarpany. Ribs 
is back in the front row. Emra Goulet would now go back to the bench. Your tips for both games? Uh, I think the Raiders will win that game. And, oh, gee, it's a tough one. I'll go the Dragons down there in Wollongong. Fair enough. Coming up on Racing HQ with Simon Harrison, Gary Harley, the great man, will preview the meeting at Musselbrook and Graham White, a terrific judge, will look at Nowra. The Big Sports Breakfast team is back tomorrow morning at 5.30, of course, hosted by Jared Middleton alongside with Laurie Daly, uh, Michael Clark and Jamie Rogers back from her English Channel swim. If you would like to revisit any of today's show or interviews, go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android. Thanks so much for listening over the last three hours. We'll back next Sunday, but today, enjoy your Sunday. And enjoy your sport.